Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. She took the midnight train going anywhere. Just a city boy, born and raised in South Detroit. He took the midnight train going anywhere. A singer in a smoky room. Smell of wine and cheap perfume. For a smile they can share the night. It goes on and on and on and on. Strangers waiting up and down the boulevard. Shadows searching in the night. Street lights. People living just to find emotion hiding somewhere in the night. Working hard to get my fill. Everybody wants a thrill. Paying anything to roll the dice just one more time. Some will win. Some will lose, some are born to sing the blues. Oh, the movie never ends, it goes on and on and on and on. Don't stop believing, hold on to that feeling. Streetlights, people. Stop believing Hold on to that fear Street lights, people Welcome, welcome, welcome back To yet another episode of Stars Born Thank you so much for joining me I am Chris Arneson, of course, your host Um if you haven't listened to the first 19, go ahead and listen to those. Start episode one, Will Ferrell. But if you have, thank you so much for being here. Before we get down to business, this is a very special episode. It's the uh, Chris episode. We're going to be talking Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth, and Chris Evans. But before we do that, let's take care of some business. I am an author from Pullman, Washington. Um, here in a Stars Born headquarters, my apartment, coffee house, second floor, across the street from Washington State University. Cloudy, gray day out there in Pullman. Sun's trying to peek out, but not quite making it. Um, let's see. Find my books on Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble, What's in the Fridge, and Sponge Cake. A mostly made up story about a completely insane town. Uh, follow me on Twitter at ChrisTheAuthor8 and Instagram ChrisArneson8. Uh, and check out my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com and website ChrisTheAuthor.com. And thank you so much for share, share, sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, anyone, everyone. Um, we're doing it. We're doing it big. We're building the community of starfishes over here, and it's really fun. It's really exciting. Can't wait to see what happens with it. 
Um, really, really looking forward to it. Really optimistic, excited. Um, before we get to talking about the Chris's, all four Chris's, let's do some stuff that we do every episode. So, the Mariners update. Yesterday, the Mariners played, let's see, they played the Reds. Yeah, they won 11-3. There we go. Played last night. That was after the podcast, so... There we go, 11-3. And then we play, we host the Chicago Cubs. Oh, this is spring training, um, 5.40 tonight. So it's only 1.46 right now, so unless it's a really long podcast, we maybe a second podcast tonight, we'll, we'll talk about it. Or tomorrow, we'll see. We'll see what happens. The Cubs, though. I like how in spring training they play someone different every day. That's kind of cool. It's like... Diamondbacks, Padres, A's, Reds, Cubs, Dodgers, Indians, Angels. Every single day is someone different. That's fun. I like it. Alright. That was your Mariners update there. Let's do the NBA update. So, NBA update. Um, looks like... Lonzo may not return to the Lakers this year. Rashid Wallace taking over a high school program. Lakers say they'll scale back LeBron's minutes. Man, I'm looking at the standings because Lakers might not even make the playoffs. It looks like they won't make the playoffs, actually. Um, Rondo won't be fine for seat choice. What does that mean? Rondo uh, for sitting in the courtside seat. So he wasn't sitting on the bench. He was just sitting in the courtside seat. I see. Um, let's see. Vince Carter, 42, hoping to play 22nd season. Wow. Hall of Famer, easy. One of the best ever. Um, let's, yeah, let's check the standings real quick before we move on from the old NBA update. Take care of some more regular segments and then Hop into. I think we're gonna do. We'll see what Chris. We'll see what Chris we do first. It's a special Chris episode. A very special episode of Stars Born. Um, the Lakers. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they're not gonna make it. Probably not. They're six and a half games out right now. They're tied with the Timberwolves and the Kings are two and a half games ahead of them, and then the Clippers are in the eight spot. Wow, how LeBron's not going to make the playoffs. All right, there you go. There's your NBA update. Ooh, let's go with a, let's go blue. We're going to go with the blue Sharpie accent highlighter. There we go. Um, Just went to, <clears throat> just at Walmart, and there was, these people outside who were selling these cool, you know, like the wood carvings? Like, there's a Seahawks one, and some of them are writing, some of them are logos or pictures or whatever. But they were selling them for their recovery program. And I was like, no thanks. But I, I was trying to be polite, so I just, I was like, good luck. Those are cool. I, I said, those are cool. 
but I could have asked. But then once I was in the car, I was like, I, I should ask if they if they made them. If they were the ones who carved them. But, oh well, I guess we'll never know. Um, let's see. Let's do the Simpsons episode. Every episode of Stars Born, I talk about the Simpsons. Talk about one episode of them that's somehow related to the show. Oh yes, and the state for this episode is Washington, because. It's the Chris. It's the special Chris episode, and so I'm from Washington. So we're gonna do. That's why. That's the connection right there. And um, this episode of The Simpsons is connected to the Chris's because three of these four Chris's are superheroes. Um, Chris Pratt was what the um, what's called Guardians of the Galaxy. Hemsworth is Thor. And then Evans is um, Captain America. And then Pine is in uh, Star Trek. So that's kind of a superhero. Um, So that's why this Simpsons episode is Radioactive Man. The second episode of the seventh season. Aired September 24th, 1995. Uh, Let's see. The episode sees the film version of the comic book series Radioactive Man set up production in Springfield and then much to Bart's disappointment the part of hero sidekick fallout boy goes to Millhouse. Millhouse, however hates acting so he quits the role forcing the producers of the film to shut down production and go back to Hollywood this is a this is one of the better episodes too this is a classic one Troy McClure is in it Lionel Hudson in it too so two funny side characters um, Phil Hartman voices. Mickey Rooney is in this as himself. But yeah, I chose this episode. You know, the super superhero episode. So there you go. Let's see. Let's hop into Chris Pratt. We got a lot of, a lot of credits to take care of. So let's let's hop into Chris Pratt's right away. Um, here we go. Number one, a short from 2000, Cursed, Part 3, he plays Devin. TV series from 2001, The Huntress, plays Nick Owens, one episode. Uh, the Extreme Team from 2003, plays Keenan. 2005, Strangers with Candy, plays Brayson. Never seen that name, Brayson. Brayson. If there's any Braysons out there listening, hit me up. <laughs> I'd like to hear your... Is that your full name or... What's your story? Uh, TV movie. Another TV movie. We see a lot of those. From 2005. Path of Destruction. Nathan McCain. TV series. 2002 to 2006. Everwood. Plays Bright Abbott. 89 episodes. Is he like... So is he a smart guy named Abbott? Or... Bright Abbott. Bright? That's another name I've never heard. Bright? Uh, he's in the OC. The TV show. 06, 07. Mm, <clears throat> the year of the OC. It's 06, 07. The OC. That was a great year. The OC. Um, he plays Che. 
Mike, Michael Che. No, just Che. Uh, nine episodes. Nine episodes. Walk the Talk. 07 plays Cam. It's a movie. The Batman TV show. 08 plays Jake for one episode. Don't remember a character named Jake in Batman. Is that Batman Psycho? Uh, he's in Wieners. He plays Bobby in 08. Movie. Another movie from 08. Wanted plays Barry. The Multi-Hyphenate, a short from 2009, plays Chris. Ooh, he's, here's one I recognize. Bride Wars plays Fletcher. Let's see. Let's click on this one. Can't remember who was in this. Uh, 89 minutes. PG. It's only PG. Rom-com. Two best friends become rivals when they schedule their respective weddings on the same day. Kate Hudson and Anne Hathaway. Um, they'll get episodes. We'll do episodes of A Star is Born for them. That's coming up. Deep in the Valley. Uh, 2009, Lester Watts. Related to Slick Watts. Former Sonic. Bring back the Sonics. Adam Silver. If you're out there, Adam Silver. Bring him back. Let's go. Who should we? Let's see. I'll, I'll look at the. I'm gonna bring up the NBA standings again, and I'm gonna see. Let's see who we should move. Cause I don't know if they're gonna necessarily add. I don't think they're gonna expand the league, so we might have to relocate a team. So let's see who we should relocate. <laughs> we should. We're gonna have to do what Oklahoma City did to us. Cause I don't think the NBA is gonna add two more teams. I don't see it happening. Let's see. Bucks, no. Raptors, no. Pacers, no. Sixers, no. Celtics, no. Pistons, no. Maybe the Magic? Orlando Magic? They could be relocated, right? Charlotte Hornets? They seem seem like they could leave. Uh, Those are two good options. They don't have strong fan bases, I don't think. Atlanta Hawks. Don't they have, like, shaky... A shaky... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Hold on their city. Um, let's see, any Western teams? Aren't, didn't the Kings almost... Sacramento Kings? I think they were on the verge of moving. Other than that, not really... Any good teams. New Orleans Pelicans. Nah. They won't leave. I think the Sacramento Kings. And the Orlando Magic. And the Charlotte Hornets. Might be the three. Most likely teams to relocate. In my expert NBA opinion. Um, That's just off the top of the dome. Looking at the standings there. Alright. Back to the action here. Let's, let's see. 2009, Jennifer's Body. Officer Roman Duda. That was the Megan Fox movie. Let's see when the last time... When was the last time Megan Fox was in a movie? She seems like she hasn't... Seems like we haven't seen her in a while. Let's see. 
She only has 32 credits. Okay. She's in that Will Ferrell movie, Zeroville, that's coming out in 2019. So, there we go. But other than that, she hasn't... Oh, she was in New Girl for a while. Back in 2016, 2017. She was in that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Out of the Shadows. 2016. So she really hasn't been anything for three years, really. A couple years. Okay. Is it the, it's not the Megan Fox episode, though. Unfortunately... Let's get back to back to Chris Pratt. Let's see what what's Jennifer's body. A newly possessed high school cheerleader turns into a succubus who specializes in killing her male classmates. Can her best friend put an end to the horror? Rated R, hundred two minutes, comedy horror. That's a good genre. I like the comedy horror genre. Like Zombieland falls into that. Lots of good movies in there. Cabin in the Woods is kind of... That's a bunch of genres. Don't want to be a genreist. Um, let's see. A video game from 2010. Chris Pratt is voice at Cooper in Ben 10 Ultimate Alien Cosmic Destruction. Never heard of that one. 2011 Take Me Home Tonight plays Kyle Masterson. I heard this one was pretty good. I never saw it. 97 minutes, radar, comedy, drama, romance, com, rom-com, drama. Four years after graduation, an awkward high school genius uses his sister's boyfriend's Labor Day party as a perfect opportunity to make his move on his high school crush. As the guy from uh, Balls of Fury, that that uh, ping pong movie. And Chris Pratt's ex-wife, um, Anna, Anna Ferris. Both Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris are from uh, the Seattle area, so. Represent. Yeah. Northwest. But they're not together anymore, though. Chris Pratt's actually marrying um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. The Arnold. My daughter. Arnold. <laughs> uh, Chris Pratt. Hey Chris, uh, welcome to the family. Um, let's see. TV show 2010 2011, Ben 10, Ultimate Alien. So it's based, the video game was based on the TV show. Uh, Cooper, two episodes. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. He plays Scott Hatterberg, the first baseman of the Oakland A's in Moneyball 2011. That was a good one. Based on. Who's the Michael Lewis? His book. Oakland A's general manager Billy Bean's successful attempt to assemble a baseball team on a lean budget by employing computer generated analysis to acquire new players. It's a long movie, 133 minutes. PG 13. Biography, drama, sport. Brad Pitt plays Billy Bean. He's in. Chris Pratt is in 10 years, 2011, plays Cully. What's your number, 2011? Disgusting Donald. That's funny. I love I love it when there's a descriptive, ad, like an adjective around the character's name. 
Really tells a lot about the story. Really spoils the character, though. Disgusting Donald. It's a great nickname. Uh, Parks and Recreation Road Trip TV Show 2011, Andy Dwyer. So it's just like a little spin-off of Parks and Rec. Connect Star Wars Duel TV Movie 2012, Obi-Wan Kenobi. The five-year engagement plays Alex Ilhauer. Ilhauer. This was a good... I've seen bits and pieces of this on TV. I think on um, maybe FXX or FX. Fearless. What's the FXX slogan? It's like edgy, edgy shows. On the... It should be like pushing the limit. That'd be a good one. 124, wow, this is a long rom-com, 124 minutes, rated R. One year after meeting, Tom proposes, proposes to his girlfriend, Violet, but unexpected events keep tripping them up as they look to walk down the st- aisle together. Um, Tom is Jason Siegel, Violet is Emily Blunt. Allison Bree is also in it. Kevin Hart is in this movie too. And um Yeah. Yeah. Watch watch Glow on Netflix. That's a good show. Allison Brie. It's the one about the woman wrestling in the eighties. It's good. Glorious woman. <clears throat> what glorious ladies of wrestling. Glow. Eh, Parks and Recreation. Damn it. Dang it, Jerry. Uh, video 2012, Andy Dwyer. All these Parks and Rec spinoffs. Zero Dark Thirty 2012 plays Justin slash Dev Grew. I've seen bits and pieces of that one on TV. I think on FX, actually. Mr. Payback, short from 2013, plays Darren. He's in Movie 43, 2013. Jason, segment the, the Proposition. We talked about Movie 43 a few episodes ago. Oh, this was this is a good movie. He's in, not Movie 43, that, that one's, that, that's not a good one, but Her, he plays Paul, 2013. This was the uh, Spike Jones, Jones, Directed it, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Stars, 126 Minutes, it's another long one, Raid R, Drama, Romance, Sci-Fi, in the near future, a lonely writer develops an unlikely relationship with an operating system designed to meet his every need. Yeah, this is, this is the one that has the high-waisted pants, everyone's pants is like, Super high, and it's really funny. Like, they're like the tallest pants you've ever seen. Um, and it's like not, I think it's supposed to be like 10 years in the future in LA or something. The only thing that's changed apparently is people's pants, people just wear their pants higher. So, did that used to be a thing or something? Did was that a thing in the 80s? Hmm.
I'm gonna look it up. I'm so curious. While I'm doing that, let's do the pin of the episode, the pin of the week, the pin of the show. Uh, every episode of A Star Is Born, I talk about a different pin. This one, I chose because it's the special episode. It's the Chris episode, so I chose the one that's most related to me. North Shore Little League All Stars, um, my low league. So, it's a very simple pin. Maybe the most simple of all of them. It's just a picture of a baseball. And then on the top it says North Shore Low League. And then on the bottom, the top is red and the bottom is blue. And then the bottom it says All-Stars. So it's like the most simple pin of all time. But I like it though because it represents, it's my team. And it's a Chris episode, so that's why we did it. Let's see, high-waisted pants in the 80s? Is that a thing? Brief, a brief history of high-waisted jeans. Should I go there? Let's see what that is. Oh, we don't even have to go on it. It says right here, the 19... Oh. Oh. Um. The 1980s were the reigning decade for high-waisted jeans. There we go. According to Bragg Vintage UK. So if we use them, they say, let's just, the UK seems like they know a lot about fashion and gene history, that that kind of stuff. Um, 2013, Delivery Man. Uh, he, Chris Pratt plays Brett. This was the Vince Vaughn one. This was an interesting movie. I didn't see it, but I heard what it was about, and I was shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked it's not rated R either, but it's PG-13, 105 minutes, comedy, drama, dramcom. An affable underachiever finds out he's fathered 533 children through anonymous donations to a fertility clinic 20 years ago. Now he must decide whether or not to come forward when 142 of them file a lawsuit to reveal his identity. <laughs> wow. I'm going to stand up right now and get a sip of my good old blue Starbucks cup iced coffee here. Mm, very good. That That's such a funny, unique plot to a movie. Like, whoever wrote that, who directed this? Let's see who directed it. <clears throat> Ken Scott. Let's see what if Ken Scott's made anything. He, no, he's never really... That's the most famous movie he's... Okay. Okay. Oh, Robin from How I Met Your Mother is in it as well. Um, Bobby Moynihan from SNL. Yeah, that'd be... That's actually a movie I'm interested in seeing. Even though I don't think it was highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. You can't trust Rotten Tomatoes for everything though, right? You gotta see it for yourself. Make your own judgment. Um, Tim's Valley TV show 2013 plays Donovan Tim's. Uh, 2014, the Lego movie. Have not seen that. Haven't seen any of those ones. But they're all super. The critics love them. Everyone loves them. Plays 
the voice of Emmett Brukowski. Emmett Brukowski. Brukowski. Uh, oh, wow. And then also 2014. 2014 was a big year for Chris Pratt. Guardians of the Galaxy. Peter Quill. Let's kick, click on this one. Let's see. 121 minutes. PG-13. Action, adventure, comedy. A group of intergalactic criminals must pull together to stop a fanatical warrior with plans to purge the universe. The Purge. It's like the sci-fi purge. Zoe Saldana, Dave Batista, Vin Diesel. I am Groot. Bradley Cooper. And then that's the one where Bradley Cooper doesn't even sound like himself. He does like the voice acting. Like he, I think he sounds like a guy from Brooklyn or something. Like a car dealer from Brooklyn. Hey, I'm Bradley Cooper here. Because he's like Rocket the, ra- the Raccoon. Rocket the ra- Raccoon here. I'm Bradley Cooper. Hey, give me a grinder sandwich at the bodega. <laughs> uh, yeah, Parks and Recreation in Europe. Video from 2014. Andy Dwyer. Oh, and here it finally is. They've been putting it off. IMDb's been teasing us with this one. Parks and Recreation. TV show, 2009 to 2015. Seems like it was on longer. 125 episodes. Andy Dwyer. Let's see what they say about it. 22-minute episode. Comedy, TV 14. The Absurd Antics of an Indiana town's public officials as they pursue sundry projects to make their city a better place. Sundry. Amy Poehler, Nick Offerman, Aubrey Plaza. Ooh, listen to, what is that? Episode 5's Aubrey Plaza. This is our second Parks and Recreation cast member. Um, Love that show. I actually like it more than The Office. I've discussed that. Parks and Rec's one of my, probably one of my top three shows. At least top three comedies. I mean, It's Always Sunny's up there. Modern Family's up there. Let's see. Jurassic World, 2015. Chris Pratt plays Owen. And video game, 2015. Lego Jurassic World, the voice of Owen. Video game, 2015. Lego Dimensions, Emmett Burkowski, Owen Grady, voice of Gem in the Holograms, plays himself. The Magnificent Seven, plays Josh Faraday. 132 minutes, a long one. Action, adventure, western. Seven gunmen in the Old West. Gradually come together to help a poor village against savage thieves. And those people are Denzel, episode 9 of Starsborn, Ethan Hawke, Vincent, was it Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, Byung Han Lee, uh, uh, Manuel Garcia Ruff. Rolfo? Okay. 
I thought there was more famous people in it, <laughs> but I guess not. I don't recognize any of, yeah. Okay. Okay. Denzel's in it. Uh, oh, this was a big one. This one came out when I was at AMC, when I worked at AMC Woodenville, the movie theater. Passengers plays Jim Preston alongside Jennifer Lawrence. She's got an episode coming up here. Um, let's see, what is this one? 116 minutes. Rom-com sci-fi. PG-13. A space traveling in a distant colony. A spacecraft traveling in a distant colony planet and transporting thousands of people has a malfunction in its sleep chambers. As a result, two passengers are awakened 90 years early. So they were supposed to be asleep for 90 years? Huh. It's one of them space movies. Uh, he plays Nick in Mom. 2017 TV show. <clears throat> the show that his ex-wife is in. Uh, 2017 Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Peter Quill slash Star-Lord. A video short. 2017 Disneyland Resort. Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Peter Quill slash Star-Lord. Avengers Infinity War. 2018 Peter Quill slash Star-Lord. Have not seen... I'm not a big superhero person, like I've said. And have not seen Avengers. Or... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. But I saw the second half of the first one. So, I saw the best part of it. Um, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom 2018, Owen Grady. Emmett's Holiday Party, a Lego movie short, from, video short from 2018. Emmett Burkowski, the voice of. And then the Lego Movie 2. The second part, Emmett Burkowski and Rex Danger Vest. That's such a, what a great made up last name. Danger Vest. Sounds like something Tom Cruise would wear. Like something in his wardrobe. Where's my danger vest? Where's my, where's my super suit? Where is my super suit? Um, Cowboy Ninja Viking. He's in something called that. Cowboy Ninja Viking. That's just like... That reminds me of Cowboys and Aliens almost. But even crazier. Is it a person who's all three of those things? Or is it three different people? A cowboy, a ninja, and a Viking walk into a bar. And then... The, the end... Um, they have a, they watch football. They have a good time. They watch the Minnesota Vikings game. Uh, the, he's in 2019's The Kid. Plays Grant Cutler. Jay Cutler's brother. Speaking of football. Uh, 2020 Onward. He's the voice of someone in there. And then his final credit. We made through all 52 this, we made through part one of four here in this episode. Um, 52 of 52 for Chris Pratt. Jurassic World 3. There's a third one coming out. 2021. Owen Grady. 
Okay, okay. Very good. Let's uh, go ahead and rate these. And I know this is a movie podcast, but I'm such a big fan of Parks and Rec. I don't think we did that. I don't think I rated Parks and Rec for Aubrey Plaza. Let's see. Let's see if I can find three good movies. Um, We will go... Because I want to go Parks and Rec for one of my top three. Because we're going to do the top three and bottom three for all four people here. So, he really hasn't been in that many movies I've even seen. I've seen Moneyball. So, Moneyball is one of them. Oh, Her is one of them. And then, let's see. I only saw the second half. Oh, I saw... Let's not do TV shows. We'll keep it to movies. We'll keep it... Let's keep it clean. Uh, keep it pure. So, um, Moneyball, Her, and I saw the new Jurassic World. Actually, I saw the first Jurassic World, too. Let's go first Jurassic World. Because I haven't seen all of either Guardians of the Galaxy, so we can't... I feel like I have to watch the whole movie to write it. So, Jurassic World... Moneyball and her for top three. As for bottom three, oh, movie forty three for sure. Uh, movie forty three. What's your number? The one where he's discussing Donald. That one's probably not that good. And then let's do Deep in the Valley. Okay, very good. We did it. We did it. All right, let's go on to. Let's pull up. Who should we do next? I'm going to go Chris. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. He's the one who came up. His name came up. Uh, auto-suggestion from IMDb. So I just went with it. And here we go. Let's just get into it. Wow. His first credit's not until 2002. He was in Guinevere Jones plays King Arthur. Two episodes. And he's in Neighbors. Looks like a British TV show because there's a U in it. Jamie Kane for one episode, 2002. He is in Martial Law, a TV show, 2002. Plays the kid for one episode. The kid is capitalized though. So that's his character's name. The kid. Uh, The Saddle Club TV show. Wow, so he's in four TV shows. He's in a lot of TV shows to start his career. Uh, The Saddle Club TV show 2003. George Whiteside. One episode. And they're all like one episode, two episodes. Uh, Fergus McFall. Fergus McPhail. McPhail spelled with a P-H. Must be a scientist. Uh, He plays Craig. Let's see. Oh, wow. He's in a lot of episodes here. Excuse me. This is a lot here. A TV show called Home and Away. He plays Kim Hyde for... From 2004 to 2007. 192 episodes. Wow. Wait a second. We gotta see. Where's Chris Hemsworth? Is he Australian? I think he's. Yeah, he's Australian. Okay. 
So these must be, I think these are some Australian, these might be some Australian TV shows, it looks like. I don't know, let's click on one of them. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anyone in it. It looks, it seems Australian. The Saddle Club definitely sounds like a, that's a horse show. Oh, speaking of horses. Well, here, this is something we can research right now. The um, Santa Anita horse deaths. Yep. There's been... There's been... um, 21 horses have died at Santa Anita Park Racetrack in California. It's crazy. There's usually, like, only... I think there's usually only, like, a couple, maybe. I don't know. They're saying it's... No one can figure out why there's been so many, though. There's no clear... Act, according to NPR. You're listening to NPR. Fresh air. Um, Santa Anita horse deaths. No clear answer from experts. Says NPR. The Los Angeles Times. Santa Anita hopes to resume horse racing around March 22nd. So two weeks from today. Lots of horse deaths. No one can figure out why. Um, just wanted to mention that. That, that was in the news. Um, the Saddle Club reminded me of it. Any hoozles? Yes, yes. Uh, Kim Hyde and Home and Away. Okay, here we go. Here's his first big one. 2009, Star Trek. Wait, he's in Star Trek? I thought... Yeah, and also Chris Pine as well. Wow. Uh, I didn't realize they were both in. Uh, Star Trek 2009 plays George Kirk. 2009, A Perfect Getaway. I don't think I've seen that Star Trek, actually, either. Not a big Star Trek person. Even less than I am Star Wars. But, I mean, I've at least I've seen, like, pretty much all the Star Wars movies, I think. Even the new ones. Mm. 2009 A Perfect Getaway Plays Kale That's a cool name Kale Sounds like a horse name Speaking of horses That's the name of My roommate's One of his fishes It's named Kale <laughs> The big one The big one that laid eggs It's called a It's a green terror That's the kind of fish it is And Cash. There's a movie called Cash. And it's like Kesha, how the S is a dollar sign. Plays Sam Felon. Uh, Wow, what a movie. Oh, this is a short from 2010 here. Plays Chad in Ollie Kluberstorf. Kluberstorf versus the Nazis. Kluberstorf. Uh, video short, 2012. Crips Hemsworth plays Thor and talk about it. That's just like, <laughs> they're like telling people to watch it. They're like, just talk about it. I feel like they're telling the audience what to do there. <laughs> kind of a bossy title. Just, just talk about it already. Come on, critics. Come on, people. Uh, Thor, 2011, plays Thor. Have not seen any of the Thors, but I hear they're good though. And I like I like construction. <laughs> no, uh, I was trying to think of a hammer joke. 
be the hammer, not the nail. It's like a, was that like a Yoda quote? I used to always get Yoda and yoga mixed up, but I mean, what am I, what am I saying? I still do that. I still get them mixed up. That's how, that's how little of a Star Wars person I am and how little I do yoga. But that is definitely something I would love to do. I want to try yoga while watching Star Wars. <laughs> a Star Wars themed yoga. Yoda's Yoda's yoga. <clears throat> that that's something. That could be a that could be a business. Actually, I'm sure Star Wars has like trademark copyrights. That'd be copyright infringement. You get sued by George Lo I can say George Lopez. George Lucas. Okay, enough of that. Enough of that babble. Uh huh. Video game. Another video game. We've heard a lot of those already. This episode, 2011, Thor, God of Thunder, played voice of Thor. Oh my gosh, I forgot that Chris Hemsworth is in one of my, he's in my favorite horror movie. And horror is one of my four favorite genres of movies, um, along with comedy, heist, and reunion. And then, controversial, we can't figure out if we should add it. Maybe I should add a Twitter poll. Should, um... Boardwalk be one of my favorite movie genres? Because I, I like movies on boardwalks. But that might just be a movie setting. I don't know if that's necessarily a genre. Hmm, controversial. Highly, highly debated. Hotly debated. Um, let's see. I'm going to get a sip of water right now for my Red Robin red water bottle. One second, please. Very, very refreshing. And now I'm holding my, oh, I love this rock. Um, It's the rock with a little kitty, tiny little kitty paw print. And it says meow on the back. It's like, um, when remember when people used to press their hand into wet concrete and make their, their personal paw print in the ground, in the sidewalk? I used to love, I don't know if I ever did that, but... It was definitely a thing. It was a big thing. It was a thing. Alright. The Cabin in the Woods. My favorite horror movie. Rated R. 95 minutes. Comedy horror. Five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for. Discovering the truth behind the cabin in the woods. Wow, so they... They also did that thing where they used the... But at least they didn't use the title as like a way of explaining what the movie's about. They just used it like as a way of wrapping up. We were talking about this like last episode. I was getting frustrated how in plots people were using the title as a way of explaining what the movie's about. <laughs> but in this one, they just use it as a way to kind of wrap up, wrap up the summary. This is a great movie though. Love it. Uh, Kristen Connolly stars in it. She's also in Meet Dave, Eddie Murphy movie. Uh, speaking of Eddie Murphy, he's in one of my other favorite horror movies. But it's not really a horror movie. I guess it actually is a horror movie. It's The Haunted Mansion. Love The Haunted Mansion. It's like 2003. 
I remember watching it and maybe I got it at one of my birthday parties. One of my friends may have given it to me at my birthday party. Because I definitely remember watching it there. So that was a great movie. Gotta got see that one again. See if that's on Netflix. Maybe you can add to your queue. I think Cabin in the Woods. Pretty sure that one is on Netflix. So let's see here. Oh, 2012, The Avengers plays Thor. Haven't seen it. 2012, Snow White and the Huntsman plays The Huntsman. Have not seen it. One of those big popcorn movies. Uh, Heroes and Demons from 2012. No character name. He's in... Oh, this is like the remake of Red Dawn. Jed Eckert, 2012. Let's see. I haven't seen either the original or the remake. A group of teenagers look to save their town from an invasion of North Korean soldiers. Oh, anyone else in it? Josh Hutchison from... He's PETA. 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 From the old Hunger Games. That's funny how his name is PETA and he's in the Hunger Games. This makes me think of PETA. Like P-I-T-A. PETA the food. Uh, PETA pit. Alright. Star Trek Into Darkness. George Kirk. Okay. Yep, that's the sequel there, Star Trek. Rush. Oh, I saw Rush. I think I actually went to this with my mom. I'm pretty sure I went to this one with my mom. 2013, James Hunt. Or maybe just by myself. Uh, actually, no. I'm pretty... I don't know. I can't remember. It was a while ago. 2013, James Hunt. This is the racing one. The merciless 1970s rivalry between Formula E rivals James Hunt and Nicky Lauda. Lauda. Um... Yeah, this was the uh, Ron, yeah, Ron Howard movie. Olivia Wilde is in it too. It was good. It was a good movie. Good racing movie. Like like a good racing movie. I mean, obviously Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights, my favorite one, but that's more of a comedy than a racing movie, really. It's still a racing movie though. Um, Ricky Bobby. Thor, The Dark World, plays Thor. Oh, I saw this one, too. I saw this in theaters. Uh, Not Thor, The Dark World, but Black Hat, 2015, plays Nick Hathaway. I guess he's Anne Hathaway's brother. I saw Black Hat in theaters. Uh, 133 Minutes, Radar, Action Crime Thriller. A furrowed convict in his... I don't know what furrowed means. Furloughed. Okay, it's the it's the angle I'm holding my phone. Furloughed, sorry. Furloughed convict and his American and Chinese partners hunt a high level cybercrime network from Chicago, Chicago, to Los Angeles to Hong Kong to Jakarta. So it's kind of like a Jason Bourne. It's kind of it's kind of like a. Low budget Jason Bourne. Actually, Jason Bourne is a low budget movie too. I think. Any who's 
is a knockoff Jason Bourne. And 2015, Avengers Age of Ultron. Did not see that one. Thor. Oh, he's in The New Vacation. That's right. I saw that one in theaters. Uh, it was, oh my gosh. You can't, you just can't compare it to the, to the original Vacations. That's for sure. Ed Helms, Christina Applegate. Uh, Chris Hemsworth plays Stone Crandall. A great name, though. Stone Crandall. Sounds like a jet ski salesman. Or a, a Jeep. Just a Jeep repairman. Only Jeeps. Stone Crandall. Division 2 wide <laughs> Division 2 Hall of Fame wide receiver. Stone Crandall. Uh, okay. He was in In the Heart of the Sea. Owen Chase. 2015. This was the one... This was uh, another Ron Howard movie. He works with Ron Howard. 122 Minutes. PG-13. Action Adventure. Biography. A recounting of a New England whaling ship. Um, sinking by a giant whale in 1820, and the experience that later inspired the great novel Moby Dick. Let's look up. Let's look up Moby Dick. I gotta see who wrote it. I'm sure some of you, some of you are probably Herman Melville. Okay. Eight October 18th, 1851. Wow. Wow. Um, let's see how many pages it is. I have never, I don't know if I've ever even, I was going to say, I don't know if I've ever seen this book in person. I'm sure I have. Definitely never read it though, that's for sure. Dewey Decimal, the old Dewey Decimal system. 813.3 for Dewey Decimal. If you're in a library right now, go, go find Moby Dick. Um, yeah, it doesn't really say how many pages it is right there. Alright, very good though. Cool. Moby Dick. A classic. One of the most well-known American classic novels, for sure. Uh, 2016, The Huntsman, Winter's War. He is the Huntsman slash Eric. So I guess that's like kind of a lame name for The Huntsman. I feel like The Huntsman should be named like Lance or something or like some cool name like not Eric like Eric's kind of was what would be a good name for the Huntsman maybe Prince <laughs> like you just name Prince just like the singer just another Prince I don't know he could be Hunter why Erica sorry if your name's Eric I'm not ragging on any Eric's out there it's just kind of Funny name for the Huntsman. He could be... What would be a good name for him? Maybe... <laughs> Carl. No, that wouldn't... I don't know. It's, it's tough. Chad. Those aren't any better than Eric. I guess if I, I, guess if I can't come up with a good one, then who am I to say? Uh, 2016, Ghostbusters. Plays Kevin. Um, we talked about Ghostbusters in the Melissa McCarthy episode. Uh, Team Thor is a video short from 2016. Plays Thor. Doctor Strange. I saw that one in theaters here in Pullman. 
And then the thing I remember about seeing that is, um, like Duke. Duke would be a good name for the Huntsman. <laughs> I had to circle around back. Sorry, I had to circle back around to the Huntsman. Duke. There you go. That's the name for him. But anyway, <laughs> excuse me. In uh, Doctor Strange, when I saw that, I saw her in Pullman at the movie theater over like about a mile from my apartment here. Um, and when I walked outside, it wasn't snowing when I was walked inside. And then I walked out and there was a ton of snow on the ground. And it was like a winter wonderland out there. Super cool. It was strange. Uh, video short. 2017. Team Thor Part 2. Part part de. Place Thor. Ghostbusters VR now hiring a video game from 2017. The voice of Kevin. He is in Thor Ragnarok. Place Thor. This one was directed by... The person who directed What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows. Taika Watiti from uh, New Zealand. I didn't see What We Do in the Shadows, but I really want to. It's about like vampires, but it's like a comedy. It's one of them comedies, one of them vampire comedies. Uh, 2018, 12 Strong plays Captain Mitch Nelson. Video short, 2018, tor- Tourism Australia, Dundee, the son of a legend, returns home, plays Wally Jr. 2018, Avengers Infinity War, plays Thor. 2018, Bad Times at the El Royale, plays Billy Lee. This one looked kind of interesting. 141 Minutes, Crime, Drama, Mystery. Circa 1969, several strangers, most with a secret to bury, meet by chance at Lake Tahoe's... Hey, Lake Tahoe. Very cool. I won't go there. Been there once. Won't go there again. Um, Excuse my interruption. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. Uh, Lake Tahoe's El Royale, a rundown hotel with a dark past. Over the course of one night, everyone will show their true colors. Before everything goes to hell. 141 minutes. Wow. You gotta stick around for this one. Who's this directed by? Drew Goddard? Who? Who drew Jeff Bridges in it? They had Jeff Bridges here. Jeff Bridges. He's a dude. Hey, guys. What's up, guys? What's up, dude? Um... Oh, Drew Goddard? No way. That was my Jeff Bridges impression. Do you guys like it? What's up, guys? Oh, wow. Drew Goddard was the director of my favorite horror movie, The Cabin in the Woods. No way. So, I feel like I would like... Who's Drew Goddard? Raised in New Mexico. Los Alamos, New Mexico. Uh, 44 years old. Let's see. I would probably like Bad Times at El, El Royale then. Hmm. I'll have to look into that. Maybe it's on Netflix. Hmm. 
Untitled Hulk Hogan biopic. He's going to play Hulk Hogan. Terry Bollea. Wow. When's that going to come out? Let's see if it says when. No, it's not going to say when it comes out. He's going to be in DACA 2019. Plays Tyler Rake. He's going to be in another Avengers Endgame. Plays Thor. When's this one come out? This one's going to come out when, 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 Brie Larson, April 26th, okay, coming up actually, next month, Bradley Cooper, Brie Larson, Chris Evans, oh, we're about to talk about Chris Evans, let's just do him next, since since he just came up, uh, Scar Joe, Eva, who's Evan, Evangeline Lilly, okay, What's is she? Oh, she's from Lord of the Rings, and she's from The Hobbit, The Hobbit, and Ant Man. We talked about Ant Man, Paul Rudd episode. Um, yeah, so pretty much a ton of people. Yeah, speaking of Paul Rudd, he's in this movie too. Everyone's in that one. All the Avengers. That's a, that's definitely an example of a reunion movie, because, it's a reunion of the Avengers. So, it'd be one of my one of my favorite movie genres. All right, the final credit, forty out of forty. Not that many for Chris Hemsworth, but um, here's his last one. Men in Black International. He plays Agent H. What? He's gonna be in the new Men in Black alongside Liam Neeson. Is Will Smith going to be in Looks like Will, Will Smith's not in it. Hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting revelation. Uh, oh, Rebecca Ferguson from the new Mission Impossible movies. Okay. Wow, when's this one coming out? Let's see. I bet it's a summer movie, if I had to guess. June 14th. Okay. Very good. Let's, wow, we made it. We, we did it. He doesn't have that many credits. 40. So 40 out of 40 right there. Let's do his top three. Then let's do his bottom three. So top three. Rush. Let's throw Rush in there. Oh, Cabin in the Woods, of course. And... Wait, should we do... Oh, he doesn't have that many. He really doesn't have that many movies. Because I haven't seen all the superhero ones. Cabin in the Woods, Rush. Oh, Black Hat. I could do Vacation. I've seen Vacation. Ghostbusters. Doctor Strange. Ooh, so tough. Ooh. Let's go Doctor Strange. So, Doctor Strange, Rush, and Cabin in the Woods for top three. And it's for bottom three. Let's go. Let's do ones I've seen because I've seen some of these so vacation we'll throw vacation bottom three black hat that was pretty forgettable and then what's the other one I've seen uh I guess Ghostbusters just because I've seen it and it wasn't that good so that's his bottom three Ghostbusters um because those are the only other three movies I've seen. So I'm just going to throw those in bottom three. 
That's, that seems fair, fair and honest. I like to, I'm playing by the rules over here, the rules I created. <laughs> I like to follow rules, especially when I create them. That's my favorite time to follow rules. It's when I'm the inventor of the rules. Um, very good. So Black Hat, Vacation, and Ghostbusters. Bomb 3. Alrighty. Alrighty, daddy. Let's move on to... Let's go Chris Evans. Just like we said a minute ago. Then we're going to do layup. Let's do layup. Um, while we're doing that, let's do the recipe. We do it every week. Every show. Every episode. It was Stas Bolin. We talk about a recipe or two from Cooking the Fast Way, which is from Maywood Hills Elementary. Uh, I got this probably many years ago from my elementary school. Um, it doesn't have a year in it, but it's old. It looks old. The cover looks like a quilt. And then it's like a heart. It's like stitched. It's one of those blankets that's stitched together. It's like a quilt that's made of... You know what I'm trying to say. A quilt with a bunch of different patches on it. Yeah, that's right. That's what the heart looks like. Alrighty. <laughs> glad, glad I cleared that up. Um, let's do it. Let's do it, baby. Baby, let's do it. Snicker Salad by Jody Ellis. Do not know Jody Ellis. Don't remember her. Or if she had any kids. I don't know. I don't remember. Three frozen Snickers bars. Two Granny Smith apples. Or if they have to be Granny Smith. Or if they could be like... Fiji. Red Delicious. You could probably switch it up if you want. You could probably even go Green Apple. If you're going to be super daring. Um, And one large container of Cool Whip. Okay. So... Or if you could go whipped cream if you want. Another question. Someone asked Jody. If you know Jody, ask her. Or if you are Jody, let me know. <laughs> um, dice apples into bite-sized pieces. Remove wrappers from frozen candy bars. Place in a plastic bag and break into bite-sized pieces with a hammer. Wow, that's so funny. Thor. It's a Thor connection. Didn't even realize it. Didn't even, didn't even pre-read it. That's That's great, though. I love it. Thor would be really good at making this snicker salad. It's his favorite it's his favorite dessert to make. <laughs> Break into bite-sized pieces with a hammer. I love I love how you get to use a hammer. Uh and then the nail is just candy bars. It's Snickers. <laughs> That's a fun nail. That's a tasty nail. Anyhow. Fold Snickers bars and apples into cool whip. Sir, uh, transfer into a serving bowl and make it makes six servings. So that's super short. It seems very short and easy. Let's just do another one because that one, um, not dude, that sounds delicious. I do remember actually eating that one. I was saying, um, I was talking about how delicious, which ones were I saying were, were really good? Oh, I was saying how much I love the cream puffs and dirt pudding. But I also love the, which I read a few episodes ago. But I also love the Snicker salad. I definitely remember eating that one. And that seems like pretty easy to make. And you really don't have to buy a lot of ingredients. You only need a couple apples and Cool Whip and Snickers. Easy. Easy peasy. Let's do one more. 
from Holly von Sigurn. Do not remember her either. Strawberry shortcake. Delicious. One of my favorite desserts. Here's your ingredients. Two and a quarter cups of baking mix. Bisquick. Three tablespoons of sugar. Two tablespoons of butter melted. Two-thirds cup of milk. Sweetened sliced strawberries. And whipped cream. See, Holly goes with whipped cream instead of Cool Whip. Or if you could, you could use Cool Whip for this too if you want, probably. Uh, here's your directions. They seem pretty interchangeable. Um, your directions here. Heat oven to 425 degrees. Stir together bisquick, sugar, butter, and milk until soft dough forms. Drop by spoonfuls onto ungreased cookie sheet. Bake 10 to 12 minutes or until golden brown. Split warm shortcakes. Top with strawberries and whipped cream. Serves eight. Excuse me. Okay. That sounds very good. Not too hard. There's a, there's a couple of recipes for you. Let's do one more. I'm having... Let's do one more dessert. We're knocking out these desserts. Here's another short one. I like doing the short ones. Here we go. Uh, another sh- short and easy dessert for you here. Candy pizza. And there's no name next to it. But it could be from Kathy Haymaker. That's the pr- last person listed here. Um, let's see. One tube refrigerated sugar cookie dough. One eight ounce package of cream cheese. Three cups of confectioner's sugar. One 12 ounce container of Cool Whip. Your favorite toppings. Coconut, chocolate chips, M&M's, peanuts. Sounds like you just put anything on it. Any, any treat. Um, press cookie dough onto pizza pan. Bake 12 minutes at 350 degrees. Let cool. Mix cream cheese, sugar, and cool whip. Spread on cookie crust and add toppings. Another easy peasy one. That sounds like the name too. It's a good catchy name, candy pizza. If you're really trying to, that's like two of the most, two of the things people love the most in America or just everywhere in the world, candy and pizza. And then you just combine them. That's like chocolate and peanut butter. Reese's Reese's peanut butter cups. Um, It's genius. Candy pizza. How's that not a thing that's super popular? How's that not packaged and sold at Walmart? Should be able to find candy pizza. Come on now. Alright, let's see. Let's do, um... That was a nice little detour there. Um, let's do another regular statement though. Speaking of regular statements, this Grantland, the Bill Simmons project for ESPN. This is Grantland book number 11. The cover, so I've read the previous 10 in the last 10 episodes. The cover is a picture of a high-rise building. Uh, speaking of high-rise buildings, one of the three places in my life that I'd like to live, along with a cottage in a forest and a cabin on a lake. Um, a high rise in a city so this is a high rise here and it's just got a few things on it it says DeMarcus Boogie Cousins Boogie uh, Winter Olympics in Sochi Basketball in Philippines 
Richard Sherman in the Seahawks, Gwyneth Paltrow, Chris Martin, and then there's a broken heart in between them, and then top movie action heroes all time. So those are just some of the articles in here. Ooh, here's a here's a, um, a Modern Family. I, I read one of you one of you guys a uh, a Modern Family quote. It's from the an old 365 day calendar where you tear off, tear off a one for each day, you know? So this one is a quote from Phil. Phil Dumphy. Uh, it's Phil's os- Phil's Osophy. You can tell a lot about a person from his biography. <laughs> uh, Phil. Classic Phil. I wonder if he was, like, being serious. I mean, he probably was. He probably deadpanned that, you know? Because that's what Phil does. He doesn't even know he's being funny sometimes. And that's what's so funny about Phil. I, th- I think. I think. What do you guys think about Phil? I think he's hilarious. All right, let's read about the Oscars. From 2014, though. The monolith has spoken. Who won, why, and what to make of the 2014 Oscars? Before we do that, we were just talking about Phil being hilarious. Let me just think. Who are my favorite characters on Barn Family? Phil. Um, who else? Gloria's funny. Um, who else is funny? I feel like I brought it up. So I, oh, of course, Mitch and Cam as a team are hilarious. But I mean, they're, of course, they're both funny by themselves too. But they're especially funny together as a team. Mitch and Cam. Um, yeah, those are fun. some of my favorite characters. Dylan is hilarious. Haley's uh, ex-boyfriend who shows up and he like, he does like the John Cusack thing from Say Anything where he holds the boombox above his head. I think he does that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's, that's a funny character too. Claire's funny too. Claire, Claire's funny. Haley's funny. All all the Dumfies are funny in their own way, actually. It's just a great show. If you guys can't tell, I love it. Love my family. One of my favorites. All right. Let's, uh, before I read this, get a sip of water to prepare myself. Always prepared. Here we go. The monolith has spoken. Who won, why, and what to make of the 2014 Oscars? By Mark Harris. For one frightening moment at the end of last night's Oscars telecast, I thought the six-month journey of 12 years a slave... Um, I thought the six-month journey of 12 years a slave to the finish line was going to end with the perfect visual image of a racial breakthrough. Brad Pitt holding an Academy Award. This is what they were talking about, people. For the love of God, we have been waiting since Delma and Louise. It's time... But among many things Pitt understands very well is how to navigate a charged and tricky moment on camera. On the evidence of the telecast, I'd say maybe he picked up some of that grace from Angelina Jolie. And so after a few well-chosen words, he ceded the microphone in the moment to the film's director, Steve McQueen, who ended up as big a winner as a man who had just lost the best director Oscar could possibly be. To see a man not remotely given to explosions of exuberance, jumping for joy on stage is a finale with which few could argue. 
the show itself was a long, slightly low energy um, end to a long, slightly bad energy season. My very quick verdict, Ellen DeGeneres did just fine. Film clip packages illuminating non-ideas like heroes are very close to a preemptive admission of defeat. Twitter is now as overused as an Oscar punchline. That's funny. This is 2014, and they're talking about how overused Twitter is. Um, and is now as Twitter is now as overused as an Oscar punchline as television was in the Bob Hope days. And as always, it's not the overstaged moments that linger, but the unexpected ones. Bill Murray paying tribute to Harold Ramis, Darlene Love raising the roof, and my DVR suddenly asking, do you still want to record The Walking Dead? Just as Bette Midler was singing Wind Beneath My Wings. There you go. There's a little sh- slice from Grant Lynn and uh, Mark Harris there. And let's get back to Chris Evans. Let's get started on Chris Evans's back bath. Uh Did the rest, please. Check these off the list. Uh, before we do that, though, let's do one more. Oh, while we're knocking off the regular segments, the every show segments, let's do one more. Let's talk about the the old AMC triple feature. We do it every show. It's, it's maybe the most fun part of the show. Controversial. A polarizing segment. Uh, some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, <laughs> others... Don't don't care as much. Um, let's see. Started June 2009. It's me and my best bud growing up, Steve Nungrecht. We were at AMC Woodinville, where I would go on to work seven years later. And we saw year one. Uh, we talked about that one. Episode four, Paul Wright episode. It was Michael Sarah and Jack Black. Uh, they are wearing those cavemen what do you call those cave the loincloths? That's what they call. If you ever want to see Jack Black and Michael Sarah just running around, running around in loincloths and joking, making corny jokes by bonfires, not not a great movie though. <laughs> not super funny. Um, it was trying to be super funny, but it's tough to make a comedy, I'm sure. But those are funny people too. It's it's always weird when there's like. Hilarious people in a movie, and then it turns out to just be just a t- terrible movie. Like, I guess a lot of like, I don't know, producers, writers, different different opinions can get their hands on on the script and whatnot. Even editing, I bet, has a huge difference. It makes a big difference in how the film turns out, how it's presented, how funny it is. I don't know. But that was year one. It was alright. It was not that good. But after that, though, we got a little pick-me-up. Saw The Hangover. We actually walked on over to the other side of the theater and snuck into it to even pay for it. Uh, because it was rated R. So we went. We were only 16, so we wouldn't have been able to even legally pay for it and go in. But that was a treat, though. That was awesome, seeing The Hangover in theaters. Talked about it, episode three, Brody Stevens episode. And yeah, The Hangover was a legendary movie. Uh, still holds up. Go see it. Just rewatch it. See it again. A bunch of classic scenes in that movie. A bunch of memorable stuff. And then after that, 
we walked on over to the other side of the aisle and saw Land of the Lost. Talked about it. Episode 1, Will Ferrell, episode A Star is Born. Um, even worse than... Even worse than year one, I thought. Just a <laughs> rough movie based on Sid and Marty Croft TV show from the 70s. Um, yeah, what do I remember? Do I remember anything about the plot? Like, I don't. I Like, they're, they're going somewhere. It's like a road... It's an adventure movie. They're going somewhere. It's uh, Will Ferrell and then I think Kate Beckinsale's in it. Um, I think one of the dudes from the Lonely Islands in it but not Andy Samberg one of the other dudes um yeah it's I don't know what's going on with Land Lost it's a weird movie it's hard to follow hard (laughs) I mean that's just that's just my opinion though I guess I haven't seen it I don't think I've seen it since then just because it like scarred me so badly I was like I'm never gonna watch this movie again if Will Ferrell can't make it funny then it's awful but enough enough negativity I don't like to push the negativity we try to, that's one of the rules that's one of the big rules of stars born we're staying positive this is a positivity you got it Brody Stevens you got it positive energy um yeah I like the same positive that's uh the old AMC troll feature baby there we go we did it we did it once again. Um, it was we got one great movie out of it, one movie that was not very good, and then one movie that was pretty awful. But a fun experience nonetheless. Um, let's get into Chris Evans. Let's get back to it. Here we go. Chris Evans' first credit: Biodiversity, Wild About Life, a video from 1997. Plays Rick. 2000, he's in The Newcomers, plays Judd. 2000, he's in the TV miniseries Opposite Sex, plays Carrie Baston for eight episodes. Uh, 2000, TV series The Fugitive, plays Zach for one episode. Mm, 2001, TV show Boston Public. Is that the one with James Spader? Neil Mav Rom- Roommates. Mav Roommates. Man, I need some more water right now. Gotta stay hydrated. Rule number one of podcasting. Um, Boston Public. Is that the one? Oh, Boston Legal is the one with James Bader. Robert California. Uh, Boston Public is... The lives of 10 faculty members at a high school in Boston weave in and out of dealing with troublemakers, having a personal life, and keeping sanity. Staying sane. Um, Marilyn Manson, Tainted Love, a video short from 2001, plays Jake Weiler. Oh, this is a classic one. I forgot that he's in this. We got this DVD at home. I've seen this one. Uh, not another teen movie. Plays Jake Jake Weiler once again. A send up. This was like a parody. It's a satire. A send up of all the teen movies that have accumulated in the past two decades. 89 Minutes Comedy. Jamie Presley's in it too. 
Um, that's pretty. It's a pretty funny movie. If you like, especially if you enjoy like the scary movie, you know, yeah, the scary movie movies, you'd like it then. The parodies, the satires. I don't know. Like, it's not my favorite. It's definitely not one of my favorite genres. I like movies that are like trying to be like authentic, I guess, and trying to be original. Not movies that are just. It seems kind of mean spirited. They're just making fun of other movies. So it's like just not original either, because they're not really. They're not writing their own stuff really. They're just. They're just taking stuff that's already been done and making fun of it. I don't know. That's just. It's my two cents. Uh, TV movie, 2002. Eastwick plays Adam. A short from 2003. The Paperboy plays Ben. TV miniseries, 2003. Plays Brian for one episode in Skin. Oh, this was another classic. I did not know he was in this. The Perfect Score plays Kyle. 2004 I remember seeing this one Darius Miles the basketball player we gotta look at Darius Miles stats now an NBA player is in this movie Darius Miles um let's see let's see what, what his career looked like mm-hmm pulling it up let's go basketball reference I love basketballreference.com and baseball reference and so useful, so good on stats. He had a long career. He played, I mean, let's see. What was his career average? 10 points per game, 5 rebounds per game, 2 assists. It's not terrible. I mean, he played a good good amount of time. He was all-rookie on the all-rookie team. Pretty good. I mean... The worst part is he retired at the age of 27, though. Dang, I was young. I wonder if it was because of injuries, though. It looks like it might have been. But Wait, the Players' Tribune. What the heck happened to Darius Miles? Let's see. Let's see. The Players' Tribune is a website where professional athletes... Oh, this is by... <laughs> you know who's by? By Darius Miles. Uh, professional athletes... Write columns on this website, the Players Tribune. And Darius Miles wrote a column called "What the Heck Happened to Darius Miles?" That's funny. Um, let's see. We let's just I'll just read a little bit. Anyway, you gotta remember, we're eighteen, nineteen years old, so we landed in LA thinking about. Uh, about to have a superstar girl, and we're about to be running the city. But then you realize you're still a teenager, and you can't really get down like that. So mostly, we're playing PlayStation and doing dumb stuff. Then, about a month later, we finally get our moment. Alonzo Morning invites us down to Miami for Zoe's Summer Grove. Grove. Groove. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, Zoe's Summer Groove is legendary. Actors, singers, ballplayers, it's like a whole week of camps for the kids and cookouts and parties. Iverson's going to be down there, Marbury, Gary Payton, Lenny Kravis, Tommy from Martin. We're like, it's on. 
First day, we're doing some basketball camps for the kids. And I go to bed that night feeling a little bit sick, achy, you know. Then I wake up the next morning, and I'm dying. I got these, these spots all over me. So I go see Zoe's doctor. And at first, he didn't even know what it was. Then he goes, you ever had chicken pox? I'm like, chicken pox? He's like, son, you got adult chicken pox. I'm like, adult chicken pox? Can you believe this? I come down with adult effing chicken pox at Zoe's summer groove. I mean, honestly. <laughs> Alright, that's a good place to leave that. That's a fun little snippet there. Darius Miles seems like a funny dude. Um, and I, he was good in The Perfect Score, too. This was a great movie. I like, this was one of my favorite movies back in the day, for sure. I saw it in theaters. It came out, um... 2004, January 30th, 2004, so I was only, wow, I was only 10, huh, <laughs> I definitely did see it in theaters though, I do remember, um, let's see what's about, six high school seniors decide to break into the Princeton Testing Center so they can steal the answers to their upcoming SAT tests and all get perfect scores, <laughs> the the only thing that doesn't make sense, it's like such typical like nearsightedness of high school students because don't they think that like people would think it's suspicious if they all got perfect scores? Like, don't you think that'd be like a little suspicious? Like the group of friends, <laughs> the group of like six friends all get, they all get perfect scores. It's like, nah, nothing sketchy going on here. <laughs> Keep it moving. <laughs> They just, they studied a lot. They all, they took multiple SAT prep classes, you know. Part of a bunch of those books. I remember, oh, I don't think I ever, I never took an SAT prep class. But I definitely um, used those textbooks to study for it, for sure. I did okay in the SAT. I think I got, um, I can't remember, I might try it. It was, like, about average. <laughs> now it sounds like I got really, like, a terrible score. I'm just trying to cover it up. Uh, let's see. Back to Chris Evans. Cellular plays Ryan. That's funny. A movie from 2004 called Cellular. It's just, like, a big brick phone. It's, like, a car phone. What? Did they even have? You had cell phones in 04 for sure. They just weren't the same thing as they are now. Did they have flip phones in 2004? Maybe. That might be the beginning of flip phones. Um, here we go. 05. Fierce People. Plays Bryce. 05 video game. Fantastic Four. Plays Johnny Storm, the voice of. Which brings us to Fantastic Four. 05. Johnny Storm. I don't think I, I maybe saw this first one, but not really a big fan of Fantastic Four either. Kenny, I don't know. Corny. I like corny movies though, but just didn't fit my taste, I suppose. You don't have to like everything. 05, London, plays Sid. Uh, 07, he's the voice of Casey in TMNT. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
Sunshine 07 plays Mace. Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer 07 Human Torch slash Johnny Storm. So is that two separate characters or is Johnny Storm also? Is that just Johnny Storm's nickname? Hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, the Nanny Diaries. This was uh, Harvard Hottie. He's Harvard Hottie. That's a funny one. Um, 07. A college graduate goes to work as a nanny for a rich New York family. Ensconced in their home, she has to juggle their dysfunction, a new romance, and the spoiled brat in her charge. And ScarJo. It's a ScarJo vehicle. She's got an episode coming up, too. With Star is Born. Alright. I never saw the nanny diaries, though. But I definitely remember this one coming out. Uh, 07, Battle for Terra. Stuart Stanton, voice of. 08, Street Kings, Detective Paul Discant. 08, The Loss of a Teardrop Diamond. He plays Jimmy. That just reminds me of that Seinfeld episode with uh, the guy named Jimmy. Oh my gosh. You guys have never seen Seinfeld, and you want some place to start? That's a good place to start. Start with the Jimmy episode. I think it's actually called the Jimmy. And he has um those pump up basketball shoes. And he's like, you just pump them up. <laughs> I wonder if those actually like have any scientific like value. Like, do they work? Is there anything behind those? Is there any science? Any real science behind those? Uh, pump up basketball shoes where they like Reeboks like uh, that dunk contest when D Brown pumped up the shoes before he dunked um, someone get someone email Bill Nye let's get him get him on it okay fun fun did I just say uh, the loss of a teardrop diamond Jimmy yep I just said that Jimmy of course uh, TV show oh my gosh he's in the show that everyone's in TV show, 2008, Human Torch, Gobo Fraggle, Teacher, Pilot, in the one and only Robot Chicken. It's, everyone's in the show. So many guest stars in this. Um, probably half, up to half the people we've talked about have been, have starred in it. Uh, 2009, Push, plays Nick Gant. 2010, The Losers plays Jensen. 2010, oh, we talked about this one. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World plays Lucas Lee. Who is in this one that we that we talked about? Aubrey Plaza, that's right. That was way back episode 5. It's a, it's a good movie, though. Definitely, definitely like a quirky, a weird movie. Um, it's kind of like a video game. If a video game was a movie, that's like Scott Pilgrim vs. World. There's levels to it. There's bosses. <laughs> Actually, that is what it's about. Let me go back. I'm not even joking. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim must defeat his new girlfriend's seven evil exes in order to win her heart. So it is like a video game. 
like, and he has like seven bosses to defeat, basically. So that's how that, that's an exciting one. That's how that one goes. That sounds interesting. Check out. Might be a Netflix. Uh, Scott Pilgrim is a fun name. Let's see. Back to Chris Evans. 2011, Puncture plays Mike Weiss. 2011, Captain America, the first Avenger, plays Captain America slash Steve Rogers. Video game 2011, Captain America, Super Soldier, plays Captain America, Steve Rogers, voice of. What's your number? Wait, we just said uh, he plays Colin Shea, 2011, what's your number? Did we not just mention this one? Chris Pratt, yep. We just talked about that like an hour ago. Wow, they got both the Chris's in this one. What's your number? A rom-com, 106 minutes, Raid R. A woman looks back at the past uh, 19 men she's had relationships with in her life and wonders if one of them might be her true love, one true love. 19 men. 19 relationships. Jeez. That's, that's a... Anna Ferris. <laughs> She's a... I guess... I don't know. Uh, 2012, The Avengers. Steve Rogers, Captain America. Captain America. That's kind of like one of the weirder superheroes, I think. Like, I'd say that's more... It's one of the less mainstream ones. Like... I don't know, that's weird though that I say that, because it's Captain America, like, what could be more mainstream? <laughs> but still though, like, Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, those are all more popular, more well-known, more more superhero canon than Captain America. But maybe I'm wrong though, I don't know. I don't know too much about him. Video short, 2012, he plays Chris, the Carlton Dance. Love it. Love Fresh Prince. We talked about that a lot. Will Smith episode. Will Smith and the Jada. Jada Pinkett. Um, Carlton Dance. Carlton's a classic character. He might be my favorite character, actually. Like, more than Will, even. I think I... Yeah, that's for sure. Carlton's my favorite character in uh, Fresh Prince. <laughs> He's like... Carlton's the George Costanza of Fresh Prince. Yep. Um, 2012, like, they're both, like, you know, they're both, it's funny how they fail. It's funny when they fail, and they get mad, lose their temper, um, they get, like, weird stuff makes them angry. They're both funny, like, dancers, lots of physical humor, both short. They just kind of remind me of each other. Um... The Iceman, 2012. I think he plays Mr. Freezy. <laughs> Mr. Freezy. Michael Sheen. And Winona Ryder. Winona from uh, Stranger Things. And the underrated Michael Sheen. Let's see what the Iceman is. The story of Richard Kuklinski. Richard Kuklinski. The notorious contract killer and family man. When finally arrested... You can still be a family man and the contract killer? Okay. 
I guess it's a contract. He's like an assassin. And when finally arrested in 1986, neither his wife nor daughters had any clue about his real job. Okay. So they didn't know. That's how you... That's how you be a family man and be a contract killer. Is you don't tell your family about what your job is. You just tell them that you're manager at Jack in the Box. You you play Jack. You're the you're the mascot. You're the person inside the head, inside the giant Jack head. Twenty thirteen, another winter related movie. As I look outside at the snow on the roofs, ton of snow has melted though. It was another warm day out there in Pullman today, but um, 2013 Snowpiercer plays Curtis. I think I tried to watch like the first five minutes of this movie and just didn't did not get into it. I probably could have given it a little more, a little more of a shot, but I, I think it's on Netflix too. Let's see. One second here. Okay. Yeah, it just didn't grab me. Let's see what's about. I think there's a train involved, if I'm not mistaken. In the future... Oh, in the future where a failed climate change experiment has killed all life except for the lucky few who boarded the Snowpiercer, a train that travels around the globe, a new class class system emerges oh wow there we go guess i knew more about snowpiercer than i thought maybe maybe i watched more of it maybe i seen the whole thing um oh my tummy right now my stomach was just i just got a sudden stomach ache because i ate a bunch of uh, i don't know if i mentioned mentioned i was just at walmart earlier um picked up some milk and got some mini wheats. Um, well, knock off mini wheats, but got a big old bag of them. And I ate a bunch of cheese sticks. I got a bunch of um, fresh cheese sticks. They got like the over by the deli over there. They got a hot food section. So ate a bunch of those. I just said, I said, give me all, give me all the cheese sticks. Just give me the rest of them. And there was a bunch of them. And pretty much destroyed. I ate about half of them on my drive home and it's only like a five minute drive home so not a long drive home and and then I ate the rest really quick once I got back so like I had one of them when I was walking up, up to my apartment <laughs> um yeah I guess I should have been more patient with the cheese sticks not something good to eat really fast uh, that's okay I'm doing it right I drank a bunch of water you know, stay hydrated, help it, help get that food down, get that, get all that cheese down. Uh, I'm good. I, I made some coffee, made some more coffee. Um, doing good. Finished my vanilla nut. Just finished the vanilla nut coffee. So, gonna have to break out the Hawaiian hazelnut here tomorrow morning. But. Still got we still got some vanilla nut left in the French press right now. So, and speaking of which, I'm gonna stand up right now and drink some of my. It sounds good. Oh, that was very good. Don Francisco's 
you want to sponsor the show, hit me up on social media. Um, you know what's up? It's delicious. Drinking the vanilla nut, Don Francisco's right now, and about to drink some Hawaiian hazelnut. I love coffee. I know coffee. I know good coffee. Been drinking it for years. And Don Francisco's, now that's good coffee. And that was a live read just off the top of my head right there. <laughs> there we go. Um, Let's see, what do we got? What we got? We were at, where do we leave you? Thor, the Dark World. He plays Lokai as Captain America, uncredited. Now we know what uncredited means. It means that his name did not appear in the beginning credits or end credits. Um, used to, I used to get mad about that, but now we figured it out. Because <laughs> it used to be confuse me, but we finally looked it up. Uh, 2014, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Steve Rogers slash Captain America. 2014, Before We Go, plays Nick. 2014, Playing It Cool. He plays, what? The character's name is me. That's weird. It's like a, it's like a first player movie. <laughs> like I've heard of first player video games. First person, first person, what? It's a first person movie? <laughs> I'm confused. What is this? What is this, Halo? What is this called? Call of Duty? Call of Cooldy? <laughs> Playing it Cooldy? Alright, alright. Michelle Monaghan is the other person in that. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron 2015 so many superhero movies with all this Chris's all these Chris's love the superhero movies um yeah he plays uh Steve Rogers slash Captain America um let's see let's see I haven't seen any I haven't seen any of the Captain America's none of the Avengers 2015 I saw this one though 2015's Ant-Man. We talked about that in the Paul Rudd one, of course. Steve Rogers, uncredited. 2016, Captain America, Civil War. Steve Rogers, Captain America. Oh, my roommate just watched this movie. I didn't see it with him, but I saw him watching it. Gifted. I didn't just, I didn't just sit there and watch him watch the whole thing, but I was in the kitchen. Um, gifted, 2017. Chris Evans plays Frank Adler. This was the one about Frank, a single man, raising his child prodigy uh, niece, Mary, is drawn into a custody battle with his mother. Mm, 101 minutes, PG-13, drama. Um, uh, So it's, I guess it's like Aquila and the Bee meets... Um, Noah and the whale. <laughs> such a weird such a weird combination I just thought of there. I think it's app though. I think that's a good description. Uh twenty seventeen. So I guess you could call it Aquila and the Whale. <laughs> or uh, Noah and the Bee. I was still going I circled back around to that. I did a quick U turn right there. Twenty seventeen. Spider-Man Homecoming. 
plays Steve Rogers slash Captain America. I saw this one. This was, it was alright. It was okay. Uh, 2018. I mean, obviously not as good as the original Spider-Mans. And I don't know, I don't think I've ever seen any of the amazing Spider-Mans with Andrew Garfield. The, the dude from the social network. Um, let's see. Let's see. Mark Zuckerberg's buddy. 2018. Gosh, so these are all superhero movies. 2018, Avengers Infinity War. Steve Rogers, Captain America. 2019, Captain Marvel. Steve Rogers, Captain America. Did this one just come out? Let's see. I think this one just came out. Like today, right? I think, yeah, March 8th. Yeah, wow. This one came out today. Brie Larson stars in it. Uh, Captain Marvel. Sure, it's going to do huge. That's going to be a big movie in the box office, for sure. Uh, of course, all those superhero movies are. What am I saying? <laughs> I think they're more popular, like, internationally than they are here, even. And they're real popular here, too. Uh, the Red Sea Diving Resort plays Ari Levinson. That sounds interesting. Let's see what this is. It's a drama history thriller. The retelling of the rescue of Ethiopian Jewish immigrants to Israel in 1981. Haley Bennett is in it too. That's a good title. I like the title though. The Red Sea Diving Resort. Makes you want to know more about it. Oh, speaking of good titles... Jekyll plays Tom Jackman, uh, the only living descendant of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, makes a deal with the dark side, and then he's the only person listed in the cast, so maybe it's a movie with just him, and there's no year on either of those ones, there's no year in this one either, Infinite, Evan Michaels, and then TV show 2019, Andy Barber. Um, he plays Andy Barber in Defending Jacob. Maybe he's the person who defends Jacob. Oh, another Avengers. Yes, yes. Endgame, of course. Um, alongside Chris Pratt. 2019. Steve Rogers and Captain America. Mm-hmm. Knives Out is the last movie. In Chris Evans's IMDb page. Number 52 of 52. Uh, Knives Out. Let's see what this one is. Plot Unknown. Described as a modern mystery, murder mystery, in a classic whodunit style. Oh my gosh. That just makes me think of one of my favorite episodes of, of The Office of all time. Which is the the uh, murder dinner party one. <laughs> That's the one where Michael... Is reading the script like they're playing the the classic like basically like a real life version of clue where they're trying to figure out who who did the fake murder and michael is reading the script to the office and then creed walks in and and michael says like there's someone murdered and creed just runs out <laughs> just runs outside just super scared and it's so funny creed is hilarious um, yeah, The Office, good show. Let's see, Daniel Craig, uh, James Bond is in Knives Out as well. And Tony Collette, Jamie Lee Curtis, 
from a Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday, one of my favorite movies growing up back in the day. Gosh, I gotta make a list of all my favorite movies from back in the day, from like the early two thousands, like early and mid two thousands. Like a few off the top of the head right now: Freaky Friday, Cheaper by the Dozen, Haunted Mansion, Fever Pitch, Mickey. Um, I think I mentioned all of these before. Yeah, those are a few good ones. That's a good start right there. Like, those are my... That's like the sweet spot for... For like some of my favorite... I don't know why. I guess that's when I was most like impressionable. Was at that age. Like, 04, 05. I was like 12. Um, let's see. Let's, let's hop on over. I'm gonna go ahead and pull up. We'll make a list of that though. We'll... We'll... I'll make a list of my favorite movies from from that time period. Oh, Max Keeble's Big Move. That's one of them, too. Um, Let's see. We've talked about that one, too. I'm on Chris Pine. I'm on Chris Pine's IMDb right now. Here we go. He's got 50 credits. So that's why it's possible. The only reason why it's possible for, for us to do all these guys, all four of these guys of one episode... To squeeze all four into one episode is because none of them have that many credits. They all have like just not that many, really. So, like, we've done people who have almost as many credits as them. Just one person who has almost as many credits as these four Chris's. But I guess they're not that old. Wait, let's see how old they are. Let's see. First, we'll go. Go see Chris. Chris Hemsworth, um, he is, so Chris Hemsworth is August 11th, 1983, so he's 35, okay, that's not, he should have more credit, eh, 35 is so young, Chris Evans, wow, he has a mustache in this picture, he is 37, so he's a little older, um, I think Chris Pratt is about the same age, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Chris Pratt, yeah, he's 1979, he's older, he's 39, and then Chris Pine, so it's been 35, 37, 39, let's see where Chris Pine falls in the mix, 38, 38, wow, so they're all all four of these guys are within four years of each other. That's interesting. 35, 37, 38, 39. Okay. Very interesting. Chris Hensworth is the youngest and Chris Pratt is the oldest. All right. That's good to know. I feel like that's important to lay out. Some good some good uh, foundation there. Some good ground ground rules. Um, let's see. Your guidelines for the episode. This is something I wanted to chat about, was Gilmore Girls versus Gossip Girl. We mentioned it before. I talked about it in an earlier episode. I may have just brought it up briefly, but I love Venn diagrams. Oh, yeah, but before I do this, I should mention the socks I'm wearing because I do that every episode, too. So I'm wearing those um, black socks with the fish skeletons on them 
and the fish skeletons are multicolored. They're pink and orange and green and blue. Um, and yeah, and then the sole of the sock is blue, and then the tip of the toe is pink, and then the top of the sock is green. So these are cool socks. I like them. Very uh, very like colorful and just kind of reminds me of like a glow in the dark. Like they look like they could be glow in the dark. It's cool. Um, yeah. So let's do this. Kilmore Girls versus Gossip Girl. I love Venn diagrams. So we're definitely gonna do more de Venn diagrams in the near future here. So I made one here for uh, Gilmore Girls and Gossip Girl. Here we go. Uh, let's start with Gilmore Girls. It was on WB for the first six seasons and CW for last season. And it's about a single mom and a daughter. And they live in Stars Hollow, Connecticut. And Melissa McCarthy it plays a chef in it. That's probably that's when we were talking about that was the Melissa McCarthy episode, episode eight, and Rooney, who plays the daughter or who's the daughter character, goes to Yale. Okay, now let's do Gossip Girl. So Gossip Girls circle over here. All six seasons were on the CW. Uh, Serena, the main character, is a mysterious. Um, she has a mysterious absence. So instead of going to Yale, uh, she returns from a mysterious absence. And she's a New York City blogger. And so that's the whole gossip thing. It's narrated by Kristen Bell. So that's your Stars Born person. So the Gilmore Girls Stars Born person is Melissa McCarthy. And the Gossip Girl Stars Born person, Kristen Bell. Uh, episode 10, Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard. And... As for stuff that both of them, um, they're both about upper class characters, um, the Northeast United States, New York City, and Connecticut. Pretty nearby right there. It's a mere train ride away. And uh, both on the CW. Uh, Gossip Girl was only on the CW, and Gilmore Girls was on CW the last season. But then w, uh, WB the first six, but I think that's when that is when like WB like transitioned to the CW. It changed, uh, and they both involve romance. They're both uh, romantic shows as well. So there you go. That's uh, that's fun. We're gonna do that more in the future. It's a fun little segment. Maybe that'll be a fun little recurring segment. We'll do a different Venn diagram each show. Let's do that. Let's do that. So that's your Venn diagram for the episode. Gilmore Girls and Gossip Girl. Um, Let's see. What I want to tell you guys? I want to tell you... Alright, so here's a little anecdote, little story from my life. Um, it's about my time working at the Social Economic Sciences Research Center here in Pullman, Washington. The SESRC um, it's a call center, and it also has a, uh, but let me first start by saying it, it's part of the university. So Washington State University is a research college, so the SESRC does research for the university. So we called people, 
Uh, we did surveys with random people, um, people who had like hunter permits. We did we did surveys like that. I remember doing one of those. Um, we did surveys with businesses. Uh, we, there was a mail room, so we uh, we just got that was always fun being in there because you would always get like just kind of hang out and like chat with people. Because when you were like on the phones, you really didn't get the chance to talk to people much. Because when you weren't on the phone, they would be on the phone, and then vice versa. But the mailroom was nice. That was, that was always fun being in there. Um, and yeah, it was fun. It was competitive. I remember there being a couple other people who were just like, they were like competitive like me. Like we were just trying to get the most surveys done. Like they would keep track like on the whiteboard of seeing who could complete the most surveys. And for each survey that you got a perfect score on, um, so there's these people called monitors. So occasionally uh, you would get monitored, and then they would talk to you about it after. You'd have a meeting with them after, and they graded you. And if you got a perfect score, then you got a $1 bill. So <laughs> that was pretty sweet. I mean, those add up, though. I mean, nothing wrong, $1. It'd be nice if it was like 5 though. That would have been nice, but it's okay, though. $1? Hey, it's more than nothing still a bonus so can't complain <laughs> it was fun though i always liked uh getting monitored like getting graded getting evaluated getting that critical feedback um trying to get a perfect score striving for that perfection the perfect score great movie <laughs> um i, I try to steal except i guess i couldn't steal the answers of how to get a perfect score you just kind of have to do it for for a phone survey. <laughs> I can't do it like the movie The Perfect Score. Um, but yeah, SESRC, overall, like one of the most fun jobs I've ever had. Like a super laid back, chill, enjoyable um, workplace. Like good work environment. Super nice people worked there. Uh, Tony and Tim were the two of the supervisors. They were super nice guys um maria was one of the other supervisors she was very nice um i spent a lot of time oh, in the break room i always would read the reader's digest just like sit on the couch there's like a big nice comfy couch in the break room and just i, I read like entire reader's digest books or not books but you know what i mean like the little little packet wherever you call those little booklets and I really like those I would love to write for the Reader's Digest like that's the kind of stuff that I like writing that that weird like the onion but real life that weird they make lists they love lists the Reader's Digest they like letters all that kind of stuff the stuff I like writing about uh, let's see travel lots of travel stuff in the Reader's Digest um, oh yes, I remember meeting Devonte Adams. You guys know Devonte Adams. Um, I didn't meet him. He's a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. But I met his cousin. His cousin worked worked there, and I remember talking to him in the mailroom. He's a nice guy. Uh, another character who stood out stood out was Alvin. Alvin was um 
he was a guy, he wore a suit. He would always wore a suit and carried a briefcase. And uh, he played the saxophone I remember him talking about. Um, excuse me. I remember him being a few years older at the time. And he was really nice. Like super, he was super polite and super professional. That's just what I remember about him. But... I don't, I don't think he worked there a long time, but I guess he just stood out in my mind because he always wore a suit. Like, he would be dressed down. He would consider it casual if he was just wearing, if he just took his jacket off and just wore a button-up and a tie. <laughs> just still wearing a tie, though. But, like, you don't have, there was no dress code. That was the thing. We could wear whatever we wanted. So I guess I was a little confused. Why he would always wear a suit, but I don't know. I guess that's just like a mindset. It's just like I'm outside, so I'm gonna dress professional. I want people. This is how I want people to see me. I mean, in a way, I guess you can control how people see you, and like part of how they think about you. I mean, if you dress in a suit, then you're presenting yourself in a very professional way, so people are gonna take you seriously. I mean, I've never been that professional dressing kind of person like I have some button-ups um I have some polos but I like my button-up shirts I got some nice some nice long sleeve button-up shirts a couple nice short sleeve ones I've told you guys about the flying tacos shirt um that's one of my favorites let's see anything oh yes another interesting part uh that I liked about working at the SESRC the Socioeconomic Sciences Research Center. I used to be able to say it super fast because you used to always say it on the phone. Socioeconomic Sciences Research Center. Um, it'd be cool because it was like a glimpse, a glimpse into people's home lives whenever they would, like, whenever you would talk to them on the phone because we'd always be calling people on their home phones. So it'd usually be old people because <laughs> those are the people who still have home phones. And it was just always interesting to, like, hear the TV on in the background, like, maybe be able to hear what they're watching or, like, hear other people talking, like, a baby crying or pots and pans, like, clanging, like someone's cooking in the kitchen or something. Or I just liked, it was like, I don't know, it just was the audio. And then I was able to picture in my mind, like, I wonder what's going on. <laughs> it's just interesting because I always had that what if, like creativity, imagination, like a big imagination. So this just kind of stoked that fire, you know, stoked those flames. I was like, I was always picturing like, I wonder what kind of dog, like, what kind of dog do these people have? What kind of TV do they have? What kind of couch do they got? Like, where's their kitchen? Like, can they see the TV from the kitchen? Like, always wondering these kind of, like, weird things whenever I talk to these people on the phone. And I don't, it, I liked it, actually. I actually liked, because people were always nice. Like, people were pretty much always nice. Like, that's the crazy thing. Like, I, that's why I found out. That's why I learned, is that people are nicer than you think. And I was kind of, like, at first, I was expecting... A lot of mean people, like a lot of people to yell at you for like, why are you calling me? Like, 
but that was like maybe one out of 20 or something. Just a very low percentage. For the most part, people who answered would be nice. Or they just don't answer. Like, that's the thing about having a phone. Like, you don't have to answer and yell at someone. Like, if you you don't want to talk to someone, then just don't answer it. Just let it go to the answer machine. And then we would read a script for the for the voicemail whenever it went to answer machine. So I would get really good at reading scripts. That was another that was a good bonus of the job. Got good at reading out loud. <laughs> um let's see. But yeah, that's that was the SESRC. I worked there let's see from June twenty fourteen to um I guess you'd say April twenty fifteen. So right before I graduated from Wazoo for the first time there. I graduated in May 2015. But, yeah, that was awesome. Because I started that. Let's see, I started right before um, I had began working. I worked at Five Guys for three weeks. Right before I worked at the SESRC. Um, I worked at Five Guys in Bothell, back home on the west side. Back home by Seattle. Um, yeah, that job didn't really work out, and because I was trying to, I was trying to work at the old spaghetti factory at the same time, and I guess, I guess that was just kind of stressful for me for some reason. Um, I don't know. I figured out the whole two job thing. Uh, this past this past year when I was doing lawns in the Red Robin, so you just got like budget your time basically and schedule figure it out, you know, you know, it's possible, people do it, people have like three jobs, four jobs, it's all about time management, uh, let's see, something I forgot to mention, um, but yeah, I didn't last very long at Old Spaghetti Factory, that was my second run, because I worked at Old Spaghetti Factory from August 2013 to December 2013, that's when I went to Edmonds Community College, which is like a really nice community college. Um, excuse me. Basically like a legitimate like college campus. Um, pretty near Bothell. I went there for one quarter. Worked at Old Spaghetti Factory during that time. But then I went to WSU that spring in um, from January to... May 2014. Then I came back in May and tried working at Old Spaghetti Factory and Five Guys at the same time. And that didn't work out. So then I just went back to my apartment since I still had it. Since I, you know, had it throughout the summer. So I was like, I'll just go back to my apartment. <laughs> um, and then I worked at the Social Economic Sciences Research Center. And that's how my life timeline goes. If y'all are interested... There you go. Um, something I forgot to mention in the plug section. I've been doing kind of random plugs for for just stuff that I like. And here's one. It is Burt's Bees. So what is Burt's Bees, you ask? It's chapstick. It is... I'm pulling it up right now. Here it is. It's an American personal care products company. Um, subsidiary of Clorox describes itself as earth-friendly, natural, personal care company. 
Um, but they, what I know them for specifically is, well, they make soap. They do good soap, but chapstick. They make real good chapstick. Um, let's see how they do it. It's in uh, Dover, Foxcroft, Maine. It's where they're founded, 1984. Uh, founders Bert Shavitz and Roxanne Quimby. Mayor Quimby. Eh, originating in Maine in the late eight, in the 80s, um, the business began when co-founder Roxanne Quimby started making candles from Bert Shavitz's leftover beeswax. Oh, there's an airplane. I can hear an airplane going above. It's such a great... The skies are so gray, though, that I wonder if you could even see it. Um, sorry. Sorry for that interruption. Uh, breaking news. Airplane in Pullman. This eventually led to the bottling and selling of honey by the two co-founders, a practice that slowly diminished as the company evolved as a corporation. Eventually, other products using honey and beeswax, including edible spreads and furniture polish, were sold before a move into the personal care line. In late 2007, Clorox purchased Burt's Bees for $925 million. Hmm. Very good. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's Burt's Bees. I just want to give them a shout out because they make good stuff. I like their chapstick. I like their shops. Um, very good. Good stuff. Burt's Bees, want to sponsor a pod? Hit me up. Uh, here we go. Let's uh, let's start on Chris Pine's IMDb here. Credit number one. Start from the beginning. Oh yeah, I I should also mention about the SESRC. That I went back last June, June two thousand eighteen. Uh, I went back for a job interview for a full time position there, and it was so weird because. They were like vacuuming or cleaning the office that morning. So all the chairs and everything and like all the desks were moved to like the corner. And it just kind of looked like it was like a symbol that time had passed. You know, you know, how like in movies they do like they'll like throw glasses on like someone will wear glasses and that will be a symbol that time has passed. That was kind of just but then but then when he told me that. I thought that they were, like, changing the office or something, but he told me that they were just vacuuming. But you know what I'm saying. If they had moved everything, that would be a symbol that time has passed. Because it had passed. I hadn't been there for... Well, I think, actually, I hadn't been there for, like, a year and a half. Because in February 2017, I was going to work there. But then it kind of just, like, fell through. And just fell through. Um, let's see. Yeah, it was a symbol that time has passed. How do I describe that? All the chairs, all the desks were moved to one side. It just, it's like a very, it seemed like a very like blunt, like directorial move. Like if someone was directing my life, they'd be like, let's just make it so they change the office. So when he goes back, it looks different. So they should, so the audience understands that time has passed, but um no i didn't get I did not get the job there. I thought the interview went pretty well though, but didn't get it. That was the same day that 
XXX um, Tentacion died that day. So that's if that gives you a time stamp of when that was. He was a good. He was a good rapper. He had a lot of good songs. Kind of like lo-fi, super low-key, very chill rap. Uh, TV show. Y'all know this show, 2003. Oh yeah, and I should also mention. Sorry, once again, I should. I should say that I got a speeding ticket on my on the drive home from Pullman that day, cause I drove to Pullman in the morning, did the job interview at like two o'clock, and then just turned around and drove home. But uh, got a speeding ticket on the drive home though, so that was unfortunate. <laughs> Uh, TV show from 2003 ER uh, plays Levine one episode I don't think it was that big of a speeding ticket though maybe only 15 over maybe uh, TV show 2003 The Guardian he plays Lonnie Grandy one episode CSI Miami t- TV show 2003 Tommy Chandler, one episode. Why, why Germany, a short from 2004, plays Chris. Why Germany? Uh, the Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement, 2004. Nicholas Devereux. Was this the... This is Anne Hathaway, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is a long movie, 113 minutes. It's it's rated G, comedy, family, romance, rom com, fam. Now now settled in Genovia, Princess Mia faces a new revelation. She's being primed for an arranged marriage to an English suitor. An English suitor. Uh, American Dreams TV show two thousand four, Joey Tremaine, one episode. Confession, a movie from 2005, Luther Scott. All right, now let's take a little break from Chris. Um, which which Chris we on? Chris Pine. Let's introduce a new book. I've actually mentioned this in a past episode before, but I didn't read any of it. So this was a uh, Night Hoops by Carl Duker. Uh, Mr. Duker was a teacher at my elementary school at Maywood. And my brother had him. I did not have Mr. Duker, but I think he was a sixth grade teacher. He may have moved on. He may have gone somewhere else by the time I got to sixth grade. But here we go. This is Night Hoops, chapter one. Against the fast break, you have to stop the ball. That's rule number one. Even if it's Trent Dawson, eyes wild, who's barreling down the lane at you. And even if it's just a summer pickup game. You've still got to suck it up and do it. So I challenged him, holding my position, feet set. With the advantage in numbers he had, a simple bounce pass would have given one of his teammates the easy two points. Trent knew that because he was a player, or he could have been a player if he ever played right. But Trent Dawson never did anything right. Instead of passing off, he crashed right into me, planting his knee in my chest. I toppled backwards, and he came down hard on top of me. My head smacked the asphalt just as the ball rolled in. That was a charge, I yelled, still pinned under him. 
The basket doesn't count. His hand came right back to my face, his fingers squeezing my cheeks and almost gouging my eyes. No way, Abbott. No way. Every guy on the court knew he was cheating, but nobody backed me. I can't blame him, because the one thing worse than having Trent Dawson squeeze your face would be to have him pound it to a bloody pulp. And he'd do it, too. He'd do it, and he'd enjoy it. Take the points, I sputtered, pushing his hand away. But you fouled me, and you know it. He grinned as he climbed off me. It was his way of letting me know that he did know it. The game ended in a typical Dawson way. We were playing to 20. My team had the ball with the score tied at 18 when Trent's older brother, Zach, showed up. Trent is bad news, but Zach is worse, both meaner and crazier. Word is that he has a gun that he stole from one of his mother's many, many boyfriends. Hey, Trent, let's go, he shouted from across the court. Immediately, without so much as a good game or a see you later, Trent was gone, leaving the rest of us with sweat dripping down our faces and backs, our mouths hanging open. What a total jerk, one of the guys said, but not until Trent was out of earshot. The joke is that last year, when Trent first moved into the rental house across the street from us, I was keyed up about it. A guy my age who looked pretty athletic, it was perfect. Dad knew, though. He never liked the Dawsons. Freeloaders is what he called them, because they were on welfare. There will be trouble. Mark my words. Mom, who is a nurse at the county hospital and sees a lot of poor people, defended them. Not having money doesn't make you a criminal. Dad grinned. Just wait. In six months, you'll be singing a different tune. Normally, Mom isn't all that outgoing, but she made a point of welcoming Erica Dawson to the neighborhood, calling out hello to her in the morning and encouraging me to do stuff with Trent. But Dad turned out to be right. On our block, everybody mows the lawn, plants flowers, and picks up stray bits of trash. People wave to their neighbors, keep their music down, and drive slowly, at least until they hit the main streets. It didn't take long to see that Erica Dawson was different. She let the lawn and flower beds go. Her front porch became a garbage heap, and if anything broke, it stayed broken. She had people over all the time, and they partied late and loud. Strange cars and motorcycles were always roaring up and down our block. When the Dawsons moved in, the inside of the house had been clean and neat. Within three months, the place was a total dump. And I mean total. I still remember the first time I was inside that house. Trent had me over to play pool on what turned out to be an undersized table, really just a toy that was one of his mother's boyfriends had given to him. The pool table was upstairs in his room. To reach it, we had to walk through the house. Newspapers, empty pizza boxes, and beer bottles were strewn around the living room and on the sofa. Cigarette butts spilled out of the cups and off the plates onto the tables and carpet. Plates crusty with dried food sat on top of the television set, which was on the volume full blast. What are you looking at? Trent said when he caught me staring. What are you looking at? How you doing? Um, I was glad to make it to his room, but five minutes later, his mother came upstairs. Go home, she ordered. Just like that, no explanation at all. I stood for a second, stunned. You want me to draw you a picture? She snapped. Go home. As I left, I spotted a policeman standing in the kitchen, and the next day, Dad found out that Zach had been caught stealing beer at Albertson's. That was when Mom, that's like QFC's rival. Um, I used to work for, that was my first job at QFC. That's our rival, Albertson's. Um, just had to let you guys know that. 
bitter rivalry, Ohio State-Michigan level. That was when mom gave me the word, Nick, stay out of that house. If Trent invites you over, you make up some excuse. You understand? Dad didn't have to say anything. His smile said it all. There you go. There's chapter one of Night Night Hoops. Um, Mr. Duker, called Duker. Uh, really, I liked his... He has some good books. And I emailed him. I told you guys this early on, but... I emailed Mr. Duker and told him that about my books. And he was like, that's cool. And I don't know. I just thought, like I said, that he was like a good, because he was like an inspiration for me. Like like a teacher at my elementary school who was also an author. He had published books. I thought that was really cool. Because I used to be a big bookworm. And I mean, I still am really. Like I love books. But I've always loved him, really. Um, speaking of books, let's do the Clipso updates. Clipso. We do it every episode. By David Sedaris. His latest book, his latest offering from 2018. Uh, really funny, really great book. Just kind of essays, a book of essays. Uh, nonfiction. Uh, I'm still on page 250. have not read any more of it, but... Only eight pages left, so we almost there. Um, let's see. Let's just hop on right back on over. Good little break right there. Back over to Chris Pine. One of our four stars of the day. Let's see. Two thousand four TV show American Dreams plays. Yeah, we just said that. Joy Tremaine. Yep. Uh, two thousand five Confession plays Luther Scott. 05 TV show, Six Feet Under, plays young Sam Hoviak. I've heard about Six Feet Under, but I've never seen it. I heard this show is good, though. Let's see what it's about. Um, it's an HBO show. Most HBO shows are pretty good. 55 Minutes, comedy drama. A drama series that takes a darkly comical look at members of a dysfunctional California family. It runs an independent funeral home. And Michael C. Hall. Okay. This seems pretty interesting. Seems like a that's an interesting setting for a show. 2001 to 2005. Could be a lot of drama around that. Makes That makes sense with the title. With that title. And... A short from 05, The Bulls, J- plays Jason. TV movie from 06, Surrender, Dorothy, plays Sean. Uh, plays Jake Harden in Just My Luck from 2006. Plays Danny in Blind Dating from 06. Let's see what that is. The TV poster, or the movie poster is pretty funny on this one. It's just like one guy surrounded by like four women and he's he's all taped up in that yellow police tape and then it says blind dating on the police tape. A blind young man oh so it's it's like a literal it's a pun. A blind young man thinks he's found love with an Indian woman, though their relationship is fraught with cultural differences. How does he even know she's Indian? He's blind. 
<laughs> um, it's a rom-com. 95 minutes. That seems pretty corny. I bet that movie... My guess is it got slammed by the critics. I'd be surprised if... Let's see what Blind Dating... Let's see how that did on Rotten Tomatoes. I think Rotten Tomatoes is a pretty good baseline for judge for judging movies. Let's see Blind Dating. 25%. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. We were right. 2006. Smoke and Aces. Plays Darwin Tremor. Tremors is a great movie. Love. I just watched Tremors for the first time uh, with my roommate. I watched it on Net, it's on Netflix, I believe. I do believe. Um, Tremors, uh, Kevin Bacon. The second one's just as good, too. Really, really enjoyed. Let's look at Tremors. Although Chris, sorry, Chris Pine fans. Um, I know he's not in it, but still, though. Wait, there's a new day. There's a new Tremors. A Cold Day in Hell from 2018. Huh. Huh. <clears throat> Tremors, 1990. American monster film. Um, it's an awesome movie. Love Tremors. And the second one was like just as good. And Kevin Bacon wasn't even in the second one. So pretty much like the plot. How can I... Ex- uh, let's see. So it's just about Val McKee, Earl Bassett, work as handyman in Perfection, Nevada. Is that a real place? Perfection. Oh, it's fictitious. It has its own Wikipedia page, though. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> the motto for Perfection, Nevada, home of the Graboid. That's the name of the monster. <laughs> Usually a movie, fictional movie town does not have a Wikipedia page, but apparently there's some pretty big Tremor fans out there, I guess. <laughs> wow. Uh, and isolated uh, mining, ex-mining settlement in the high desert east of Sierra Nevada mountains. They eventually tire of their jobs and leave for Bixby, the nearest town. As they leave, they discover the dead body of another resident, Edgar Deems, perched atop an electrical tower, still grasping the tower's crossbeams and his rifle. Um, yeah, it just pretty much goes from there. They find some monsters. It's, it's like a monster hunting movie. They just hunt some monsters. It's like in a pickup truck. But that's awesome. Great movie. Great movie. Uh, let's see. 2008 Bottle Shock plays Bo Barrett. This is Chris Evans. We're back. Chris Evans. An Inconvenient Head, short from 2008. The Man with Beautiful Hair. <laughs> it's a funny character name. It's like Fabio. The Man with Beautiful Hair. 2009 Star Trek plays Kirk. 2009 Carriers. Plays Brian. Let's see what Carrier says. Four friends fleeing a viral pandemic soon learn they are more dangerous than any virus. So it's like, it sounds like a Heroes. It's like a movie version of Heroes, I guess. Meets Zombieland. Meets 
a movie that's never been made. Short from 2009, Beyond All Boundaries. He plays Hanson Baldwin, New York Times military editor, uh, and Sergeant Bill Reed. 2010, Small Town Saturday Night, plays Rhett Ryan. 2010, Quantum Quest, a Cassini space odyssey, plays the voice of Dave. E, 2010, Unstoppable, the Denzel, the old Denzel train movie, uh, plays Will. Um, we talked about this in the episode 9, Denzel episode. I told you all how much I love this movie. Pretty much speed with a train instead of a bus. It's a great movie. 2012. Oh, I think this one might be a mumblecore. We've talked about mumblecore too. Celeste and Jesse Forever plays Rory Shenandoah. I love that last name. Wait, what? And he's credited as Chris Pino instead of Chris Pine. What? That's weird. I don't get that. Um, he, and he also spelled with Chris Pino, he spelled his name K-R-I-S, which is the wrong way to spell your name. That's the wrong way to spell Chris. He spells his name the right way in real life. C-H-R-I-S. <laughs> it's the only way to spell Chris. Um, Celeste and Jesse Forever. 2012, Raid R, 92 minutes, rom-com drum. A divorcing couple tries to maintain their friendship while they both pursue other people. Very general. Rashida Jones. From two of our favorite shows. The only person who's been a regular cast member on both Parks and Rec and The Office. Mm-hmm. N-K. N-K. Um, where were we here? 2012, This Means War, plays FDR Foster. I remember when this one came out, too. A pair of CIA operatives wage an epic battle against one another when they discover they are dating the same woman. 103 minutes. Action, comedy, romance. Rom-com, action. PG-13. Reese Witherspoon, and then... Chris Pine versus Tom Hardy. That's an exciting love triangle. <laughs> um, let's see. 2012. People Like Us plays Sam. 2012. The Voice of Jack Frost. Rise of the Guardians. Jack, I used to be so scared of that Jack Frost movie. The Michael Keaton one. With that scary snowman. Oh, that was a scary movie as a kid. I'd probably still be scared of it if I watched it. Vi- video game, hey, uh, 2013 video game, Star Trek. He plays the voice of Captain Kirk. 2013, Star Trek Into Darkness. He plays Kirk. Um, 2014, Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. He plays Jack Ryan. Isn't that the new John Krasinski thing? I think, pretty sure John Krasinski plays the new Jack Ryan. That new uh, Amazon or Hulu thing or whatever. 
team robot chicken oh my gosh he's in robot chicken too <laughs> wow okay captain jake bucky o'hare one episode of robot chicken 2014 he is in pageants with chris prine plays chaz benjamin wait so he's in something called it's a funnier die thing it's a short for 2014 but He's in Pageants with Chris Pine, but he doesn't play Chris Pine. He plays Chaz Benjamin. So who plays Chris Pine? Hmm. Will Ferrell plays Chris Pine. Uh, 2014 Stretch plays Roger Karros, uncredited. 2014 Short, Funnier Die Short, Vampire Lawyer with Chris Pine plays Vampire Lawyer. Here's a great movie. Here's a great sequel. Horrible Bosses 2. Rex Hansen. This first... The first movie was really funny. But the second one was pretty good too. Uh, Charlie Day. Jason Sudeikis. And Jason Bateman. Jennifer Aniston's in it too. Kevin Spacey. Jamie Foxx. Christopher Walken's in this one. Or not Christopher Walken. Christoph Waltz. Horrible. These bosses, these bosses are so horrible. Why are my bosses so horrible? <laughs> That's my Christopher Walken. These bosses, the bosses are horrible. Uh, I don't know what that was. Key Mike Key's in it. Key Mike Key. Uh, let's see, Horrible Bosses 2. Dale, Kurt, and Nick decide to start their own business, but things don't go as planned because of a slick investor prompting the trio to pull off a harebrained and misguided kidnapping scheme. Yeah, this is a very funny movie. There's like a good scene, I think because Jennifer Aniston's like the dentist, and she has a funny scene. She has a funny scene with uh, Charlie, I think. When she's working on him as a patient in the dentist's office. Uh, 2014, Into the Woods, Cinderella's Prince. 2015, Z for Zachariah, plays Caleb. Definitely remember this one, but definitely didn't see any of it either. It's drama, sci-fi, thriller, 98 minutes, PG-13. In the wake of a disaster that wipes out most of civilization, two men and a young woman find themselves in an emotionally charged love triangle as the last known survivors. So it's like a last man on earth scenario, but times three. Chiwetel Ejiofor and Margot Robbie are the other two people. Uh, Alright, that seems like a good place. Okay, here's something. Speaking of inspiration... I just told you guys about Carl Duker, one of my big sources of inspiration. Um, and I introduced this book to you briefly earlier, but I didn't read any of it either. This is Don't Put Me in Coach by Mark Titus. Uh, Mark Titus was a creator of the Club Trillion blog. Um, he was a walk-on on the Ohio State Buckeyes basketball team in the late 2000s. Um, yeah, and he was one of my favorite writers back in the day. Like, I don't know if he still writes. I'll have to look into that. 
maybe he writes for The Ringer. Uh, maybe he writes for Bill Simmons' new website, but I'll have to look into it. Because he was, oh my gosh, so funny. So funny. Here's a quote. This is the bookmark. It's by Anne Lamott, a writer. Hope begins in the dark. The stubborn hope that if you just show up and try to do the right thing, the dawn will come. You wait and watch and work. You don't give up. I like that. Uh, Here we go. Yeah, like, you ever hear that, the saying, like, was it 99%? I don't know what percent it is, but let's just say 99% is just showing up. Almost everything in life is just showing up. Because you can't do anything if if you're not there. Right, right, right? All right, part one. People who have the least to do with the success of a team often have the most to say about it. It's a quote from Larry Bird. From When the Game Was Ours, 2009. Alright, here we go. Chapter 1. Anybody who has ever been a walk-on for a Division I football or basketball team will tell you that being likened to Rudy at least once during a four-year career is pretty much an inevitability. The general public hears the term walk-on and immediately thinks that anyone who couldn't earn a scholarship must have been told his entire life that he wasn't good enough before he relentlessly annoyed coaches for a spot on the team and got life-changing advice from what has to be the wisest field maintenance guy to ever live. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Watch Rudy. If you haven't seen Rudy. Rudy, 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 Rudy. But yeah, that scene where he's talking to the field maintenance guy, that is one of the best scenes in the movie. Sadly, this image of a short white walk-on Caring more about caring more about the success of the team than all of his teammates combined is reinforced every March when the guys wearing all their warm-ups on the end of the bench react to routine plays in the NCAA tournament like tween girls at a Bieber concert. These douchers run, ruin it for the rest of us as they cement a stereotype for all walk-ons that forever perpetuates the Rudy comparison. Well, you're never going to believe this, but... Not all walk-ons actually fit this description. I know, I know. It's hard to wrap your mind around the fact that there are sometimes exceptions to stereotypes, but you're just going to have to trust me with this one. I was fully aware of the walk-on stereotype when I started my career at Ohio State, which is why I promised myself that I would do everything in my power to be an exception. Don't get me wrong. I think Rudy is full of all sorts of inspiration is the second best movie, sports movie ever made. I'm from Indiana and played basketball. I'll let you guess what I think is the best sports movie of all time is. Hoosiers. Uh, but I've found that very few people make a Rudy comparison in a complimentary way. Instead, they seem to be saying, I think it's adorable how you try really hard even though you suck balls and there's no way you'll ever get a chance to play. This is why from day one, I tried to distance myself from the Rudy comparison by pulling pranks on superstar teammates, routinely falling asleep during film sessions, and basically spending every day with the team trying to figure out exactly how much I could get away with. And as it turned out, I could get away with a lot. Whenever I reminisce with my friends and family about my four years being a dickhead at Ohio State, they always seem to ask how exactly I was capable of getting away with some of the things I did. Don't worry, we'll cover all my shenanigans later. 
After all, I was the bottom feeder on the team who was supposed to just keep his mouth shut and stand on the sideline during practice until a coach told me to step in for a drill and essentially got sodomized in my role as a human punching bag. You'd think that it would only take one screw-up on my part for Coach Mata to send my ass packing, but instead he seemed to embrace me as the comedic relief for the team. In the history of the walk-on head coach relationship, this was unprecedented. Never had someone in my position been given the freedom I was given, which is why I felt great responsibility to use this privilege to my advantage. Which brings us back to the original question. How did I go from being a math math major basketball manager who knew only three people on campus to one of the loudest voices in the locker room of the number one ranked college basketball team in less than a month? The answer to that lies deeply buried in a story about drugs, prostitution, love, betrayal, organized crime in the 1920s, and one man's pursuit of the American dream. And by that, I mean that the answer has nothing to do with any of those things. Sorry if I got your hopes up. And that's the chapter one right there of Don't Put Me in Coach by Mark Titus. One of the funniest people out there. Super funny. Um, but while while I was reading that, I got slightly sidetracked. Because in the back of my mind, for some reason... There was this voice that was popping up, and it was telling me, Chris, did you forget something? Did you forget to do something that that you said you were going to do for all the actors? Excuse me. And I think I might have. I think I may have forgotten. I'm going back to Chris Evans. Back to Chris Evans here. Yeah, did I forget? I, I forgot to do a... Yeah, I didn't do one. Top three, bottom three for Chris Evans. Let's do it. Yeah. See? Sometimes that little voice in the back of your head is actually right. Sometimes you gotta listen to it. Totally forgot to do a um, top three and bottom three for Chris Evans. So let's do that right now. So, top three. Let's go. Let's go to the movies I've seen. We can go Ant-Man. We'll go... What's another one? Scott Pilgrim vs. World. And not just another team movie. Not another team movie. Okay, and there we go. Ant-Man, Scott Pilgrim, not another team movie for top three. And then bottom three, let us go... I want to go movies I've seen, but I haven't seen all these, so... Let's do What's Your Number, because that one seems crazy. And... That was the one that Chris Pratt was in as well. Let's put Snowpiercer. We'll put Snowpiercer in the bottom three. Because I couldn't make it through that one. I only made it through like 10 minutes or whatever. And then let's put... Let's put Playing It Cool in the bottom three. Because that one looks super corny. Let's Let's see what Playing It Cool is about. Unrequited love motivates a guy to write about his experiences. Yeah, that seems corny. <laughs> a guy who writes about his experiences? That's corny. Um, yeah, so that's his bottom three there. And then we did Chris... Um, we did Chris Hemsworth, right? 
now that now I'm all like paranoid that we didn't do Chris Hemsworth bomb three, top three bomb three. No, we did. I'll just double check here real quick though. Maybe we didn't. What did I say for his? Yeah, that's right. Cause I said Rush. Yep, I said Rush, Captain in the Woods, and um. The other one. What did I say for his top three? I said, Cabin in the Woods, Rush, and Doctor Strange. That's right. And then Bomb 3. And then his Bomb 3. What were his Bomb 3? <laughs> now we're trying to figure out what... Now we're going... This is a whole different game. Now we're trying to figure out what I said. I said Vacation, Ghostbusters, and the other one. What was the other one? It was... um. Man, this is good pod. Black hat. That was it. There we go. <laughs> thank you for bearing with me there through that. Thanks for sticking with me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's do this, baby. We're coming around the corner. Coming down the home stretch here, baby. Chris number four. I can't believe we're almost done with Chris number four already. Let's read let's let's do a little bit more of the first phone call from heaven. Um, that was the last episode that we read, chapter one. So let's just start here, chapter two, where we were. This is the first phone call from heaven, uh, a novel by Mitch Album, author of Tuesdays with Maury. Definitely, definitely check out Tuesdays with Maury. Such a good book. That's like one of my favorite books. Here we go. The second week. A cool misting rain fell, which was not unusual for September in cold water. A small geographically north of certain parts of Canada. A small town geographically north of certain parts of Canada and just a few miles from Lake Michigan. Despite the chilly weather, Sullivan Harding was walking. He could have borrowed his father's car, but after 10 months of confinement, he preferred the open air. Wearing a ski cap and an old suede jacket, he passed the high school he'd attended 20 years ago. The lumber yard that had closed last winter, the bait and tackle shop, its rental rowboats stacked like clamshells in the gas station where an attendant leaned against the wall, examining his fingernails. My hometown, Sullivan thought. He reached his destination and he and wiped his boots on a thatched mat that read Davidson's Sons. Noticing a small camera above the doorframe, he instinctively, instinctively yanked off his cap, swiped at his thick brown hair, and looked into the lens. After a minute with no response, he let himself in. The warmth of the funeral home was almost smothering. Its walls were paneled in dark oak. A desk with no chair held an open sign-in book. Can I help you? The director, a small or a tall, thinly boned man with pallid skin, bushy eyebrows, and wispy hair, the color of straw, stood with his hands cr- crossed. He appeared to be in his late sixties. I'm or Horace Belfin, he said. That's a great made-up name. Horace Belfin. It's a butler name right there. Um, <laughs> that's Ask Jeeves' brother's name, Horace Belfin. All right, sorry. Sully Harding. Ah, oh, yes. Ah, oh, yes, Sully thought. The one who missed his wife's funeral because he was in prison. Sully did this now. Finished unfinished sentences, believing the words that people do not speak are louder than the words they, they do. Giselle was my wife. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. It was a lovely ceremony. I imagine the family has told you. I am the family. Of course. They stood in silence. 
Her remains, Sully said, in our columbarium. I'll get the key. He went to the office. Sully lifted a brochure off the table. He opened it to a paragraph about cremation. Cremated remains can be sprinkled at sea, placed in a helium balloon, scattered from an airplane. Sully tossed the brochure back, scattered from an airplane. Even God couldn't be that cruel. Twenty minutes later, Sully left the building with his wife's ashes and an angel-shaped urn. He tried carrying it one-handed, but that felt too casual. He tried cradling it in his palms, but that felt like an offering. He finally clasped it to his chest, arms crossed, the way a child carries a book bag. He walked this way for half a mile through the cold bar streets, his heels splashing through the rainwater. When he came upon a bench in front of the post office, he sat down, placing the urn carefully beside him. The rain finished. Church bells chimed in the distance. Sully closed his eyes and imagined Giselle nudging against him, her sea-green eyes, her licorice black hair, her thin frame, and narrowed shoulders that leaned against Sully's body. It seemed to whisper, protect me. He hadn't, in the end, protected her. That would never change. He sat on that bench for a long while, fallen man, porcelain angel, as if the two of them were waiting for a bus. The news of a life is carried via telephone. A baby's birth, a couple engaged, a tragic accident on a long late-night highway. Most milestones of the human journey, good or bad, are foreshadowed by the sound of ringing. Tess, said, Tess sat at, on her kitchen floor now, waiting for that sound to come again. For the past two weeks, her phone had been carrying the most stunning news of all. Her mother existed, somewhere, somehow. She reviewed the latest conversation for the hundredth time. Tess, stop crying, darling. It can't be you. I'm here, safe and sound. Her mother always said that when she called in from a trip, um, a hotel, a spa, even a visit to her relatives half an hour away. I'm here, safe and sound. This isn't possible. Everything is possible. I am with the Lord. I want to tell you about... What, Mom? What? Heaven. The line went silent. Tess stared at the receiver as if they were holding a human bone. It was totally illogical. She knew that. But a mother's voice is like no other. We recognize every lilt and whisper, every warble and sh or shriek. I love that word, uh, warble. Warble. Um, there was no doubt. It was her. Tess drew her knees in, into her chest. Since the first call, she had remained inside, eating only crackers, cereal, hard-boiled eggs, whatever she had in the house. She hadn't gone to work, hadn't gone shopping, hadn't even gotten the mail. She ran a hand through her long, unwashed blonde hair. A shut-in to a miracle? What would people say? She didn't care. A few words from heaven had rendered all the words on earth inconsequential. That's a good place to stop right there. That is... Wait, let's, let me... Uh, of course, let me throw the bookmark down there. So then we can pick up next episode... Of A Star is Born, we'll pick up where Mitch Album left us off right there. Very good. Oh, let me read you another thing that I wrote in the 300 Writing Prompts book that that my mom got me for, uh, for Christmas this past year. So I filled up about, I don't know what I say, like a third of this book, maybe. Um, yeah, let's see if I can find something right now that... Something interesting that I've written. Hmm. 
Maybe I haven't written as much. Maybe I haven't written as much as I thought. <laughs> I read you guys some of this last episode, so... I already read a couple of good ones. Um, oh, here we go. Write a quick love story. The story must end badly. Uh, the water rippled outwards as the lily pads jostled about underneath the weight of their inhabitants. The bullfrog caught a lazy horsefly in a ninja-like fashion before jackknifing into the pad, into the pond, putting a larger spotlight on the water, rippling eff- on the water rippling effect. As the bullfrog sliced and diced through the water, he caught the eye of a beautiful seahorse. The seahorse was just minding her own business as she galloped back to the stable. <laughs> Hank as you guys know, you know about my obsession with horses, of course. Just running wild out there in the hills, you know. Out there in the whiskey commercial in the hills of Montana. Running free, baby. Band of Horses, one of my favorite bands. Saw them live. <laughs> okay. Uh, Hank, which is the name of the bullfrog, because it seems like an appropriate name for the oaf of an excuse for a creature, called out, to the breathtaking seahorse but she did not so much as turn around or break stride in response hank croaked croaked again and waited patiently for a return message message of affection from his future lover but again came up empty web-footed webbed-footed and so hank the ugly bullfrog croaked once more this time a more full-fledged yelp with an easy to detect tinge of urgency overriding his, overriding his presence a croak of pure lust a catfish call if your cheekiness levels are up to date <laughs> we, we talked about catfish uh, in the general direction of Leslie which is the name of the seahorse because it seems like an appropriate name for a docile gem of a shining example of a creature much to Hank's chagrin Leslie just kept on swimming but then all of a sudden a wise-looking jellyfish swooped in from off-camera. She can't hear you, the jellyfish leaned over to talk and whispered this in his ear. Why would you ever say something like that, Hank yelled at Keith, which is the name of the jellyfish because it seems like an appropriate name for a death magnet. Leslie is deaf. She has been uh, ever since um, that Metallica cover band Ever, ever since she followed that Metallica cover band on tour. I want to say Band of Seahorses, but they don't have the same head-banging reputation, so it wouldn't have as grave an impact. Keith said with a shrug, I must write to her, but first must learn the art of writing. Will you share your humble ways with me? Hank posited. Yeah, I don't have hands. Good luck on your journey, though. Keith Keith replied and and that's the end of that that kind of that one kind of just fizzled out came to an abrupt ending um that was just a little short story I wrote in this book um let's see why do you think some people are successful in life and others are not this is what are some of the things I wrote here I think the way we view ourselves and our impact on the world makes a big difference Successful people view themselves in a positive light and recognize the impact they have on people. 
successful people don't make excuses and keep trying. They take full responsibility um, for their actions. Very good. Um, let's see. Here's another little tiny little short story I wrote. Um, it is where is it? Where is it? Here it is. You look outside. Ah, it's snowing. But you look closer. Those are not snowflakes falling from the sky. What is it? The snowing. And here's what I said. You stumble outside after a night of heavy drinking and gorging on cheap Mexican food and Netflixing. Looking skyward, you feel your face being pelted by an unknown chilly substance. Upon closer inspection by your taste buds, you determine it to be Rocky Road flavored ice cream. You run around the block, nay sprint in excitement, and fall to your knees to thank the heavens for blessing you with this wonderfully unsuspected gift. Then you sprint inside to tell your family about the great news and to bring them outside to share in the joy. Your wife doesn't even believe you, but your kids can't believe their luck. Your wife doesn't believe you, but your kids can't believe their luck. You all hustle outside, barging through the front door with nice dinner bowls and spoons in hand, ready to, what's this say, feast. Ready to feast, only to find blue skies. Your wife is happy that she was right about you being wrong, and your kids are devastated. As they walk back inside, spoons clanging in their empty bowls in shame, you shake your fist at the cloudless atmosphere as you curse your wondrous imagination that must have gotten the best of you in that fateful day. Um, yeah, there we go. <laughs> that was, that was a, it's a, little, a little snow story. A little twist on the old um, raining cats and dogs. Is that what people say? Raining meatballs? Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. I want to find one other. I'll have to. I'll have to write more so then I can have more to read about you for you guys. But here's another little thing. Do you prefer to read electronic books or paper books, and why? And I say paper every day of the week. I want to hold the book in my dirty paws and feel it. How the cover feels, what the pages are like what the print looks like. Sometimes the pages just jut out of the book unevenly, and those are my favorite books because I love the little imperfections that make things perfect. Um, that reminds me. Actually, I did. I think I did talk about this. I talked about the Japanese concept of ma, which is the blank space. Um, let's see. It's the blank space. It's like the value of a blank space. How um, we talked about it. How it creates value. Like in books, like in a Marie Kondo book or something, some of the pages will only have a few words on them. And that will make the words seem like more important and stand out more. Um, so this is Wabi Sabi. Wabi Sabi is the Japanese concept of uh, imperfection, like the value of imperfection. Um, the aesthetic is sometimes described as one of beauty that is imperfect, impermanent, and incomplete. A concept derived from the Buddhist, Buddhist teaching of the three marks of existence. Um, 
specifically impermanence, suffering, and emptiness or absence of self-nature. The characteristics of wabi-sabi include asymmetry, roughness, simplicity, economy, austerity, modesty, intimacy, and appreciation of the ingenious integrity of natural objects and processes. Um, Yeah, so that's just something I wanted to... It's basically the idea that the thing that makes something different um, is what makes it perfect. That little thing that makes something unique, a little... Like that little, like, character, characteristic, someone's, uh, what do you call it? Idiosyncrasies. The thing that makes people weird, that's what makes it perfect. Uh, weirdness is perfect. (laughs) That's the motto there. That's, that's the lesson you learn. Yes, and ma, the concept of ma, um, Japanese, we talked about this last episode, I believe. It was just, um the space between two structural parts um, the spatial concept it's, it's basically like oh yes it's because the blank space allows room for the human imagination to take flight basically so that's what that's why ma was so effective there because the less words on the page then then your imagination fills in the blanks basically hmm yeah, I like that too. Alright, let's get back to it here. Let's get back to finish up finish up Chris Pine here. Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp. Plays Eric for five episodes. Definitely watch the movie Wet Hot American Summer if you haven't seen it. Add it to your Netflix queue. Um have I have not seen the T V shows though, so The Finest Hours plays Bernie Weber. I remember when this one came out, but I don't think I saw it. 117 minutes, PG-13, action, drama, history. The Coast Guard makes a daring rescue attempt off the coast of Cape Cod. Cape Cod. Chowder, Cape Cod. It's Chowder. Chowder. (laughs) That's Simpsons episode. It's Chowder. Not chowder, it's chowder. Um, off the coast of Cape Cod, after a pair of oil tankers are destroyed during a blizzard in 1952. Yeah, this one came out. I remember it because it came out when I worked at AMC. Back there from uh, February 2016 to August. Um, Hell or High Water plays Toby Howard, 2016. This one was apparently really good. Got good reviews. A divorced father and his ex-con older brother resort to a desperate scheme in order to save their family's ranch in West Texas. 102 minutes, action, crime, drama. Raid R. Ben Foster, Dale Dickey. Huh, Jeff Bridges. Hey, dude. Hey, man. Hey, just Jeff. Hey, guys, can you guys get me a Coke from McDonald's? <laughs> you guys, you guys get me an ice water? Mm. 
I don't drink soda anymore. That's my my Jeff Bridges. Sounds like he's an old man. I mean, he's an old man, but how old is Jeff Bridges? We got check. I bet he's like I'm gonna say sixty four. Is my guess. I'm checking right now. Okay, he's um, he is. Wow, he's sixty nine. He's about to be seventy in December. Oh wow, Jeff Bridges looks pretty good for his age. Okay, okay, Jeff, I see you. Hey, I'm sixty nine. Hey. <laughs> Come over to my house for my seventieth birthday. We'll have tacos. <laughs> I'll, throw, I'll barbecue, man, guys. It's Jeff Bridges. It's terrible, terrible, guys. Terrible, man. Man, we're doing it. Y'all are, it's the hardcore, the hardcore listeners who are, you guys know what's up. You guys are podcast diehards listening. Hour three, we're doing it. We're wrapping up the episode, the special Chris episode. Star Trek Beyond 2016, Captain James T. Kirk. So not just Kirk, he got his name got a lot longer this time. Uh, TV series 2017, Saturday Night Live, Cut for Time, Suitor in African Garb. I wonder what SNL Cut for Time means. Uh, let's click on and see if we can... Huh. No, no description, really. Wonder Woman, 2017, plays Steve Trevor. I saw this movie. I saw this in theaters. Uh, a long movie. 141 minutes. Action, adventure, fantasy, PG-13. When a pilot crashes and tells of conflict in the outside, in the outside world, Diana, an Amazonian woman or warrior in training... Leaves home in, to fight a war, discovering her full powers and true destiny. That's Gal Gadot. Or is it... Actually, I think I heard this. Gal Gadot. It's supposed to be pronounced Gadot. Did hear that. Uh, Angie Tribeca. I watched a lot of this show, actually. I've seen a few of these episodes. Um, probably like... I've probably seen like eight or nine of the... Eight or nine episodes, maybe. Um, it's a funny show. It's Rashida Jones. He plays Dr. Thomas Hornbean. Let's see what... They, it's like a spy show. Lone wolf detective Angie Tribeca and a squad of committed LAPD detectives investigate the most serious cases from the murder of a ventriloquist to a rash of Baker suicides. So, it kind of reminds me of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but... It's more like slapstick, more physical comedy, more extreme. Kind of like a modern version of a airplane. I haven't seen Airplane, but I think that's that, that's that kind of comedy. Wet Hot American Summer, 10 years later. TV show 2017. Plays Eric, four episodes. A Wrinkle in Time, 2018. Plays Mr. Murray. Oprah was in this movie. I remember this book. I don't think I ever read this book, but Reese Witherspoon was in this. Mindy Kaling. Yeah, we had this book on our shelf, though. It was on the upstairs shelf at home in Bothell. 
back home. Um, after the disappearance of her scientist father, three peculiar beings send Meg, her brother, and her friend to space in order to find them. Yeah, I think the book had... I think it had a picture of a unicorn on it, if I remember. And a picture of Christos Porzingis on it. Um, no. Just a... I think it did... Or maybe it's a Pegasus? Are Pegasus different than... Now I gotta... Now I gotta check what a Pegasus is. A Pegasus. How is that different than... Uh, a unicorn. So it's a mythical winged divine stallion. Divine stallion. That sounds like a a drink. Like a mixed drink at a fancy bar. We'll take a couple divine stallions over here. <laughs> sir Sir, you've been drinking divine stallions all night. I'm gonna have to cut you off. That that's your ninth divine stallion. <laughs> uh it's one of the most recognized creatures in Greek mythology. Pegasus. Um, Outlaw King 2018 plays Robert Bruce slash Earl, or actually Robert Bruce, comma, Earl of Carrick. The Earl of Carrick. Um, Earl sounds like, like an Earl in um, a royalty family. That sounds like they'd be like the the janitor, like the the lowest ranking person, <laughs> like the person who cleans up after everyone, and just get Earl to clean up, you know, <laughs> Earl will sweep up, Earl's gonna vacuum later, yeah. something, I'm, it's just spitballing here, just throwing paint at the wall, um, 2015 to 2018, Super Mansion, uh, Dr. Tavizo, Ro- Robo Dino, screenwriter. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna write down Earl. Actually, I'll write it over here. Sorry, I'm still thinking. Sorry, Super Mansion. I'm gonna write down Earl. I have to write down this joke because I still think it's so funny. Earl equals lowest rank royalty. And then I'll say, like, Janner. That'll help me remember. There we go. I don't know why that's so funny to me. And then Duke. Duke is like the complete opposite of Earl. Duke is like the Kardashians of the royalty, you know? The Duke versus the Earl. Duke has a an Instagram account with 200,000 followers. Earl doesn't even have the smartphone. Earl has to borrow people's phones. Yes. He has to go to the gas station to use the phone. You see, he still uses the pay phone. They they probably have phone booths over in over in Britain, right? Still got. They still have phone booths over there. That'd be something interesting. Hmm. I'll, I'll look. I'll check. Let's see. Do people still use phone booths? I mean, I don't see why not. Phone booths in England. I know there's that famous phone booth from, what's it called? TARDIS. TARDIS is from Doctor Who. We used to pass a house that had a, a replica of the TARDIS phone booth when I was mowing lawns last summer in Seattle. Let's see. I bet they're still a thing, these phone booths. Recent developments. 
uh, recently. Wireless services, of course, cell phones. There's been lots of rise in vandalism on phone booths. That's un- unfortunate. I wonder if Banksy has hit any of them. Banksy has a he has a cool phone booth. He has like a special phone centric art he does. Um, all right, Super Mansion, Doctor Deviso, Ro- Robo Dino, screenwriter and newscaster for twenty four episodes. It's another one of those cartoons. So many cartoons now. Like so many adult cartoons too. Just everything. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse plays Peter Parker, the voice of. Oh, yes, this was one. We talked about this in the Nicolas Cage episode, so. The one with all the different Spider-Mans. Um, 2019, I Am the Night, a TV miniseries, plays Jay Singletary for six episodes. Let's see what this is. A teenage girl and a disgraced journalist find themselves drawn into a web of secrets revolving around 1950s Los Angeles' most infamous cold case. I am the night. Cold case. They use a they use a different TV show in their plot description. Come on now. Cold case. That's a classic. Uh, all the old knives. That's funny. One of the other Chris's had that, one of their newest credits was that knife one. And then Chris Pine has a knife movie. One of his newest credits. All the Old Knives. Henry Pelham. Let's see which one this is. Let's see what this is about. It's a thriller. Two CIA operatives and former lovers reunite at at idyllic Carmel by the Sea. I love it when the... A town's name, when the whole name is like hyphenated and it's by the sea. Love that. I don't know what it is about that. It's like, you'd figure out if you went to the town that you'd figure out pretty fast that it's by the sea. Or you could just look at a map. Doesn't really need to be there, but that's why I like it. So it's the unnecessariness of it. It's the wabi-sabi of it. Um... Carmel by the Sea, to re-examine a mission six years ago in Vienna where a fellow agent might have been compromised. It's him and Michelle Williams. Okay. And then his final credit for Chris Pine, number 50. 50 out of 50. Wonder Woman, 1984. Coming out 2020. Plays Steve Trevor. Uh, comes out June fifth, twenty twenty. They already got a, already got that release date set up. Let's see. Plot plot is unknown, but just says it's a sequel. So there we go. I wonder if it's related to George Orwell's book. Maybe, maybe it's a there'll be a tie in with. Wait, that was George Orwell, right? Nineteen eighty four. Maybe it will be a futuristic book. I think all those things... Let's look at the 1984 book. 1984 by by George Orwell. Let's look at this. Um, Wow, we're about to wrap it up. We'll do the top three, bottom three, and I'll do some plugs. Let's see. In the novel, I'm looking at 1984 right now. Um, Great Britain 
has become a province of a superstate known as Oceana. Oceana, Oceana is ruled by the party who employ the thought police. Yes, this is this is what people are saying. They're saying that stuff from nineteen eighty four is coming true, and now I can see what they're talking about. Because like the thought police it sounds like the PC police. Hmm, political correctness much? Hmm, <laughs> employ the thought police to persecute individualism and independent thinking. The party's leader is Big Brother. So he predicted the reality TV show. <laughs> he predicted the the rise of reality TV, basically. Who enjoys uh, an intense cult of personality, but may not even exist. The protagonist of the novel, Winston Smith, is a rank-and-file rank party member. Smith, Smith is outwardly diligent and skillful worker, but he secretly hates the party and dreams of rebellion against Big Brother. Smith rebels by entering a forbidden relationship with fellow employee Julia. Um, let's see. As literary, political fiction, and dystopian science fiction, 1984 is a classic novel in content, plot, and style. Many of his terms and concepts, such as Big Brother, Doublethink, Thought Crime, Newspeak, Room 101, Telescreen, 2 plus 2 equals 5, and Memory Hole have entered into common usage since his publication in 1949. What's a memory hole? Any mechanism for alteration or disappearance of inconvenient or embarrassing documents, photographs, transcripts, or other records, um, particularly as a part of an attempt to give the impression that something never happened. Okay. So it's like when you delete like embarrassing like party f photos on Facebook, photos of you at that New Year's Eve party, drinking after you took too many fireball shots. Let's see, what's room 101? It's the basement torture chamber in the Ministry of Love in which the party attempts to subject a prisoner to his or her own, his or her own worst nightmare, fear or phobia with the object breaking down their resistance. Hmm. And a telescreen devices that operate as televisions, security cameras, and microphones. Okay. Um, and then thought crime is an Orwellian neologism used to describe an illegal thought. And I just, this, this makes me think of that um, Joe Rogan, I just listened to when he had the Twitter, um, the Twitter guy, Jack Dorsey and, uh, Tim Poole and then another Vijaya Gadi, a Twitter person. So we had two people from Twitter and then a journalist who was like against Twitter <laughs> and it was intense. And I listened to that yesterday, that Joe Rogan podcast. And they're just, that just makes me think of this because. Twitter is banning so many people for, for saying things. So they're kind of like, they're acting like Big Brother, and they're saying that they're doing thought crimes, pretty much. Um, yeah, they're policing people's people's ideas, I guess. It's kind of crazy. It's true. George Orwell did predict everything in 1984. Everything. That'd be funny if he was like... I mean, what if he was like... And... And reality TV stars 
their butts will be bigger than <laughs> there'll be like two volleyballs next to each other. Like, what if he predicted that? That'd be funny. He's like, there's going to be a Kardashian family. There will be a family who gets famous for doing nothing except for, um, I mean, of course, Robert Kardashian was OJ's lawyer. I mean, I'm not against the Kardashians there. Kim Kim Kardashian does some good stuff with the prison reform. She's getting getting people out of prison who can innocent people out. That's good. Um, I mean, yeah, I think people who like are against like famous rich people, like celebrities, they're just I don't know jealous. <laughs> they're like the only way to take them down is like make fun of them. I guess. I don't know. It's hard to be just. It's easy to be negative, I should say. But it's the right thing to do is to be positive, and not try to bring other people down. It's not like something you say. The Kardashians is not. It's not going to get back to them. Their assistant, their publicist, isn't going to let them know. Some random person says, "All right, let's see." Double think is the act of simultaneously accepting. Two mutually contradictory beliefs is correct. Okay. Often in distinct social context. And then newspeak is the language. It's the language of Oceana. That's funny. Newspeak. That's that's like a thing that people use that phrase all the time now. It's a controlled language of restricted grammar and limited vocabulary. Meant to limit freedom of thought. People just use newspeak to describe just like everyday things now. Like the news. That's crazy. I like it. Oh, 1984. Very cool. Alright, let's get out of here. Let's rank uh, Chris Pine top three, bottom three. Do some plugs and call this. Call this baby. Call it a rain out. A rain delay. Uh, Chris Pine top three. We will go unstoppable. We will go Horrible Bosses 2 and Wonder Woman. And then bottom three. This is tough. He hasn't been in that many movies I've seen. Let's just go Z for Zachariah, Into the Woods, and Stretch. There we go. We did it. We did it, guys. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. A whole four Chris's. We all did all four Chris's. Still a nice day. Actually, wow, the cloud cover's lifted. It's blue skies out there. Clear skies out in Pullman right now. It's not sunny, but clouds are gone, so that's nice. Ah, stretching my back. Ready to wrap this baby up. Check out my books. Sponge Cake, a mostly made-up story about a completely insane town and what's in the fridge on Amazon, Kindle, and Barnes & Noble. Go to my website, chrisseauthor.com. Check out my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com. Follow me on Twitter, chrisseauthor8, and Instagram, chrisarneson8. Thank you so much for share, share, sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, anyone and everyone. We're doing it. We're doing it big. We're building this baby from the ground up. Um, I'm having so much fun doing it. I'm, ha- I'm hoping you guys are having as much fun listening. 
Um, give me some feedback. Hit me up on social media. Um, let me know. Let me know what y'all think about the podcast. Let me know how I can improve it. Any more? Anything else you want me to talk about? Any fun segments? What's on your mind? How's it going? How you doing? How you doing? Man. <laughs> I'm having fun though. Uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving that you guys are loving it too. And um, let's just do this baby. Let's wrap this baby up. I don't think there's anything else I want to say to you guys after I leave you. Here we go. Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you belong. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Take me home, home. Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you belong. Once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me for yet another exciting, thrilling heart wrenching um roller coaster ride great episode of a star is born um this was a very special episode i had a lot of fun a lot of fun doing the chris episode uh very special to me obviously um being a chris myself uh, i wonder if all these guys were christophers i think yeah it's kind of weird all you don't see this often but all four of these Chris's spell their name C-H-R-I-S. Like, just like how I spell it. The correct way to spell it. So, <laughs> sorry, Chris Carter, former Vikings wide receiver and NFL Hall of Famer. C-R-I-S and current NFL analyst on ESPN. Um, Yeah, I'm actually a big fan of Chris Carter. But <laughs> he was one of my... Because my dad's a huge Vikings fan, so... So I was always a big Chris Carter fan, big Randy Moss fan, big Dante Culpepper. Yeah, they had some good teams back in the day, back in late 90s, early 2000s. Alas, we will talk about that more. We'll talk about the Vikings. We'll save it for another episode of A Star is Born. Um, I'm having too much fun over here. This has been a blast. Thank you so much for joining me. Share, share, share. Tell everyone about the show. Um, let's keep doing it. Um, keep doing what you do, keep your head up, stay strong, hug someone you love, uh, tell someone you love that you love them, call an old friend, call your parents, um, smile at a stranger, brighten someone's day, hold a door for someone, you know, I think, I think the world would be a better place if everyone's just a little nicer to each other, everyone just puts a smile on their face a little more often, you know. Don't be afraid to be a little vulnerable, I guess. Don't just... It's all about positivity, I think. It's all about... I don't know, be, being connected. Like, being there for other people. Uh, being human. You know, I'm now I'm babbling. Now I'm ranting again. Let's just call this, baby. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
Have a great day. Have a great night. And I love ya.